You're listening to my daddy, Combat Jack, on the Combat Jack Show. Blow. Internet, this portion of the Combat Jack Show is brought to you by Bevel, the superior shaving system for people with coarse, curly hair. Now, you've heard me rave and rave and rant about Bevel, and you know I don't sell you the BS, and the reason why I don't sell you the BS is because I don't have it in me. I've been fucking with Bevel now for over, like, close to a year now. My skin is smooth, like baby bottom. Listen, get your 20% off all your goods when you make your purchases at Bevel. Go to getbevel.com. Punch in the promo code COMBAT, like me, C-O-M-B-A-T, and shave like a goddamn man. That's getbevel.com, promo code COMBAT, shave like a boss. And now, back to the show. Internets, you are tuned into the Combat Jack Show. This is your host, Combat Jack. What's up, Premium Pete? What's going on, Combat? Man, you know, uh, this is the season to be on the beach. Mm -hmm. Eating ice cream, Mm -hmm. going to rooftop parties in the home. You know it. But this is also the season to... You know, summertime is also the season to, like, binge watch things you've missed, Mm -hmm. you know, catch up on, on, you know, TV is in such an amazing position right now. I used to hate TV. Me too. Because I hate watching TV that reminds me that I'm watching TV. Exactly. And it seems like the technical aspects and the production aspects, as well as the talent that they're bringing to the medium right now, is just stepped up acting-wise. Writing wise, uh, direction wise, I'm I'm just I'm becoming a TV head again. And uh, when I was down at uh, the, the the BET experience, I was really fortunate because one of the thing one of the perks that they gave talent out there was uh, season one, uh, the the complete season of um, Power. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started watching it, and you know, just last week I found out who out how today how who today's guest would be. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? Let me just binge watch through season one. Did you finish watching yes. season one? Um, been watching season two. You mm-hmm. finished watching season mm-hmm. two? Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm just excited to to introduce uh, today's guest to the Combat Jack Show. Internet, let's welcome to the Combat Jack Show, Miss Notori Norton. Welcome to the Combat Jack wow. Show. Wow. Well, thank you. I gotta I say, um, congratulations on on everything that's that that's happening to you right now. The thank you tremendous success. Thank you. Of the show. How does it feel? Oh, it feels amazing. It feels like uh, a long time coming. You know, I've been grinding it out. It feels good. It feels like the show is really popping off. And this year to have a show that, you know, has kind of broken records for stars. We had the highest rated premiere that the network has ever had. Second season. Yeah, second season. So this year, this season, we kind of changed the game for stars. And we, you know, I think it's just amazing to feel like wow we're on the network we're, we're kind of you know boss on the on uh stars so it feels good now boss up you know full transparency i know notori from the very beginning uh. of her career <laughs> and she's been saying that i look familiar but i want i to know say this face i know i know air, you. where i know you from so yes, me, yeah. my government name mm. is reggie osei and i did reggie osei your, was our, co- did our contract for three L W. Three L W. I knew it. <laughs> I was. I was trying to think. I was like, "Gosh, is it my my record?" I feel like I know we did some kind of contract. I was. Yes. I didn't know if you were at Epic. I couldn't figure no, out. I wasn't in, in, if we were 
You, you guys just come to my own my my. See my, if you had office. said Reggie, right? See, Reggie, if you said Reggie, said, you see, I'm known like, me. see, I I would have known instantly because you had such a specific name. I remember doing a contract. I remember that whole three of you time. Yep. So we the, need, we got a lot of talking. To I do, know. Reggie. So the last time <laughs> I saw you was probably when you signed that contract. I think so. I remember signing three LW. Three LW. We signed to Sony Epic in New York City. That was like 1999, 1999. or 99. 99. Was wow. it a good contract, or do you fuck it up? Uh, no, I mean it wasn't him. We were a new group. Yep. You didn't, you didn't, you know, do anything that you weren't supposed to do. It was just, I mean, it was a decent contract. I had a. There was a middleman too, uh, the production, production company, company Nine Lives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nine Lives, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, you know, and the, and the production company was intertwined with the management. Yeah, because they were all well, they were all related. Yes, and so the intertwine just came and through. Keely and everybody. Michelle, yes, yeah, and so my manager was the mother of one of the girls in the group, and also the sister of the production company, and the sister was uh, in charge of our whole thing. Now, was Larry involved also? Not really. Okay. You, I mean, he was just their their father. Right? No, no, not no, the I'm father. Thinking, I'm thinking the other. Oh, yeah, Larry was. A, wasn't there another Larry that was like, yeah, I might be getting the, the I was fat like, Larry. I know. The, oh, oh, fat yeah. Larry. I think he was like our uh, tour, <laughs> your tour tr- your, person Your, your, your road manager. Laver- yeah. Oh, gosh, this is all awesome. So it's been a long time. So technically. I cannot. Well, good to see you good again. Good to see you. And, and, and like Thank I said. Thank God I came back after that whole traumatic you know, situation. You know, let, let, let's go back. Like, you know, <clears throat> from what I remember, my introduction to you is you being a songstress, you being a singer. Yeah. When did you start singing? When I was five years old, I started singing at New Hope Baptist Church in uh, East Orange, New Jersey. Jersey girl. So, hey, Jersey. Hey. All my Jersey people. Hey. Um, so, yeah, I was about five years old. I sang in the choir. I remember I knew at that instant the, the church was going crazy. Like, sing, baby. From, from you singing. From at me five singing years old. at five years old. And that's a moment when I knew I was born to sing, to perform, and seeing Whitney Houston, who was also from East Orange changed my life because then I, I connected that my dream was actually attainable and Whitney was from where I was from and she was a beautiful black girl and I just felt like okay I told my parents okay mommy daddy I'm gonna be a singer and an actress when I grow up and I, 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 I just knew it and your parents weren't in the arts right from no. what I remember your no my dad was an accountant counting. my mom was a paralegal you know, nobody was like in the entertainment business, which right. is why even in 3W, it was all new to, to them. We were just trusting of, you know, the management and the company. I just trying. remember sitting in my office for hours on end with your parents, mm-hmm. Adrian's parents. Yeah, yeah. And the Keeley clan. They, and, that and, is and, so and funny. the parents, you know. Yeah, because they the best for their kids. the best, yeah. It was which, scary. Yeah, it was a long <laughs> arduous ordeal especially when you're signing you know with contracts and minors because we had to make you know we actually gave our manager legal guardianship over over us because we were going to live with each other and live in new jersey go on the road um my life changed within a split second i i had just turned 15 years old i remember so we got signed in 99 i was actually 14 and then i turned 15 so it's like 15 16 years since i've seen you 15, six, yeah, 16. That's crazy. Crazy. Now, what I remember was... You still look good. Thank you so much. I mean, this is and crazy. You look, and you look great. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I mean, actually, <laughs> looking at the show, you're fine. I mean, Aww. it's kind of creepy. Is that creepy saying <laughs> I that? Get, I'm not going to say that. Because I remember when you were 14... 
It's okay. And, like she's cute. I'm a big girl. And I'm now. looking at the show and I'm seeing tetas. <laughs> yeah, but that, well, I'm yeah. like, oh my sorry. god. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, listen, right off the bat, no, no disrespect. I know your boyfriend's, and no disrespect him at all. But yeah. you have the most perfect looking breast I ever seen in my oh, life. Thank you. The first time I seen ever the, ever in your I'm life. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I get that well, a lot though from women too, and like they've come up to me. And when I see Notorious, and mm. you pulled them things out. <laughs> I swear to you, I had to run in the bathroom and rub one out. Hey, hey, no disrespect. Stop it. Hey, no yo, disrespect. Hey, uh, Not, this ain't about name? nobody. No. Okay. Uh, yeah. Let me and tell then you. you did it again in power. <laughs> I seen. I know Lala threw them out in the okay, other show. Yeah. Okay, no, okay. We, we're gonna 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 fight. Okay. Only thing I'm gonna say about this, and I don't mean to be disrespectful. No, no, I appreciate. But like, you stepped it up from gravy. <laughs> To oh, Omari and, and, and it. It's 50. a character. He had Gravy. Gravy was great, actually, as yeah. as Big. He he embodied him. But you know, Biggie's a big dude. You know, black and ugly as ever. Right, however, right. Yeah. when, I you, mean, when you were doing Notorious, did did Gravy channel Big? Did you? I felt like he did. I mean, I remember. You know, in our rehearsal process, he had to have cotton balls in his mouth just to really get that you know style of speech. And you mm. know, he was he was really focused and I enjoyed working with him. George Tillman directed that movie, pushed me because I was scared actually to go into the sexual aspect of Little Kim. I was that, so that was, nervous. That was about like in 09, right? Yep. It so came that's out six January. years ago. Yeah. Damn, that's but this already? movie is so classic. People yeah. are, I just walked down the street in Brooklyn. They're like, what up, Kim? Kim, Kim. <laughs> what up, Queen? Like, they, they, it's, Queen it's ridiculous how many people are so connected to this role. Okay. And, and it's amazing. Question. I know your boyfriend's here, no disrespect, but. <laughs> Would y'all you, stop? When you're doing, I'm an artist. I'm an when actress. When you're doing these scenes, because you've been in some <clears throat> really steamy sex scenes. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. The. Is there like a chemical kind of reaction? Like, do you get attracted to your to your, to your, to your love interest? And the reason why I tell you is, I'm not an actor, mm-hmm. but I've done like like minor, Stuff, minor, yeah. minor, minor, <clears throat> minor films, coffee mm-hmm. shop, and the two <laughs> films that I did, I had love scenes. Okay, and immediately I had a boner, like the imme- <laughs> immediately, and I was really? like, and then afterwards, the it's the chemical focused. attraction. Like I eventually hooked up with my each of my love interests. Yeah. Like so, is there like an and and empower you with some? I mean, really. I mean, like, he's he's o- handsome. Omari, he, like just man. looking at him. Pause. No, is a he's a perfect physical specimen of, of a, a man. man. No, he's amazing and beautiful and sexy and handsome. I mean, his body's ridiculous. All my girlfriends are kind of jealous. They're like, "Ooh, can I just be Tasha for a day?" And, and you like, hugging <laughs> up on him and. Oh, my God. You know what? It doesn't happen like that for me, but I know what you're saying. You know, for me, and then maybe it's because I don't have an external part that can actually get erect. Yeah, but the Um, the clitoris can vibrate a little. I need a little more (laughs) than that. Right. You are bad. Moisture. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I cannot believe I'm doing this. But anyway, uh, I'm pretty professional. Like, even the scenes when when I did Notorious or even working with Omari, we're like more brother and sister, so right. I'm just like, okay, technical. I'm going to get on top. You grab this tick because this is really got the hard nipple. You know, I just make it very technical, and and it's not really about trying to be like, let's go out afterwards. Right. I think I stay focused in the character, and I think that's what separates the, uh, you know, excitement. Do they get boners? I've been in... <laughs> I, I, I mean, that's... I, you didn't... You, I, you have to ask. I got to ask. Right. But you know, no, I'm sure. I'm yeah. I don't know. I'm I, I'm sure it's a lot harder for the guys. But as an actress, you gotta I, your girlfriend's gotta be so jealous because it's not just Omari. It's it's who's the character that plays Sean? 
Uh, Sinqua Walls. He plays Sean. Very handsome, young sexy, chocolate. young, dark chocolate, Idris Elba-esque. Yes. Handsome man. Um, With and that he's naivete a look yes, on his face. Yes. And he's a good friend of mine. Right. It's funny. We have, you know, last week's episode of Power was, whew, but, you know, things get crazy in the backseat of the truck. I can never date you. I'm, ta- I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why. Because if I'm your boyfriend right I'm now, a good girl. And I'm hearing all this shit. One fuck up. <laughs> one, one fuck up. I fuck up. You're fucking one of these guys easily. Oh my god. No, no, hey, no, no, I don't mean that. I'm saying you have the access <laughs> to, to listen. You oh, understand what you I mean? Know, let's let's go back down um, memory lane. <laughs> so, hilarious. like I said, the last time I saw you was when you signed the contract. Yes. And, and how are your parents anyway? They, They're they, doing good. good. My parents are good. The Nortons are. Holding it down in Jersey. Tell him, tell him Reggie will say something. I absolutely will. Um, but uh, start starting on that path. <laughs> I remember it was a very short period of time from when you guys signed the contract to you guys actually blowing. It was probably one of the up. shortest periods of time that I've seen any artist it was sign crazy. a contract and blow up. Because usually takes I've done deals for, con- for artists and mm-hmm. it's taken them 10, 15 years to blow up. Or... Back in those days, I did a lot of those deals. Artists would sign contracts and disappear. Yeah. So at 15 years old. Crazy. Like describe like that ship that took off and took you to from like this this, this small neighborhood in 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 Jersey to like being like a Disney girl and everything. Yeah, no, I wasn't wasn't a Disney girl. But I would say that it happened just like you said. It was literally like I went from being in high school. I went to Immaculate Conception in Montclair, New Jersey. And all of a sudden, it was I was on the TRL tour. Yes, I was on. Wait, the now, who was on Destiny that tour? Child. So, in oh, the TRL tour. I'm sorry, the TRL tour was um, 3LW, uh, Nelly and the Saint Lunatics, um, Jessica Simpson at Jessica the time, Simpson. <laughs> and, and, and Destiny Shaw. I was leaving them because they were the uh, and Eve actually. Wow, Destiny Shaw was the headline of that tour. And I just remember thinking to myself, wow, I, I'm doing homework one second, which I was still doing, but in, in a classroom, to being the number one song on 106 in Park. We had a platinum album. I was 15 years old. We got our plaques from Sony Epic, 1.6 million albums sold. Out the gate. Yeah. It was it was because we did all this, you know, kind of guerrilla stuff. We went to the malls and we went to, you know, schools. We performed everywhere. And back then, people were buying CDs. Right. People were... You know, coming out to shows, they were open to new mm-hmm. upcoming groups. At the time, groups were in. There was Dream. There was Destiny Child. There was, you know, all these little groups were hot in sync, you know. So we, we fit we fit right in and we killed it. And from what I remember, your manager at the time, she was a veteran in the she industry. Had been, yeah, she worked with Joe, CeCe Peniston. And so when she did this on her own, mm-hmm. she already had that drill sergeant type of mentality. Yes. Like, And I just, because I remember working with her too, and I was just she like. She was interesting. Very interesting. Drill sergeant is a really good word. Drill sergeant, really. I, it was my like whole no, teenage years were, were very, you know. Regimented. Yeah, and dictated, and I didn't have much freedom. How was that? Like, how was being successful, but at the same time, really, like, having these unpleasant unpleasant yeah. memories of working so hard to do that? It was almost like a plus and a minus, and they cancel each other out right. in a way. It was like so many good things were happening, but then there were so many moments when I'd be crying in the bathroom or crying right before we went on stage. I remember being in, like, Houston. We had a big performance in this dome, and I was you know we had an argument or something had happened and I was so emotionally distraught because I felt like the group was falling apart right. 
and then and go this is out. early on too is uh no this okay. is approaching the second album okay so things really went awry the second album so things was, were good First Things album. were good as far as I knew. Right. So I thought. Right. Second album, they were like, oh, we got to make it more pop. We got to cross over. You're kind of, they said I wasn't the right look to cross over. Like, I'm just really? a black girl. Uh, and, you know, J-Lo was hot right then. So Adrian, so Adrian had the, the hips, so they thought. And the Latin, Latina. Yeah, and, that whole and thing. And Keely was a light-skinned one. <laughs> yeah, she was. Um, so I think it was just more about what some people felt was marketable. Right. And I wasn't marketable in their eyes. And who would who could you turn to at the time? Because you're what this is now. Jesus, your... <laughs> uh, literally prayer. <laughs> and um, Jesus took the wheel. He took the wheel, honey. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he, he literally kicked me out that vehicle and told me, get out right. while you can. Right. But, um, you know, I think my faith and my family, honestly, I was, you know, I'm, I'm a really close knit. I come from a close knit family, not a big family, but close. Um, my my people in Jersey, my family. My friends, but honestly, I didn't talk to many people. I didn't even tell my parents a lot of what was going on because so, I didn't want them to be like, "Oh, we're pulling you so out you of that." So you kept it in. I kept a lot of stuff to myself. It was probably the worst thing I could have done because there were things happening that I just didn't say. Right. Um, what was like the worst thing that that, that happened? Uh, like besides you know, the, besides a fight with the, the Kentucky chicken. Fried Chicken. You remember that? Chicken. Well, I want to talk about that too. But <laughs> anyway, but what was the worst thing? Because this is this is horrible. No, that was a rough. Um, that was kind of crazy. But some of the worst things. Um, being on that tour, actually, the TRL tour, Nelly and the St. Lunatics were on that tour, and our manager kind of was trying to push me into getting going to Murphy Lee's room and to get on tour because okay Nelly and the St. Lunatics were about to do their own tour right they and Nelly was huge he was huge he's getting they hot were, in that, her. he was off the charts they were like okay we got to get through a W on this tour that Nelly's about to do so you should get in good with Murphy Lee and you know kind of because he had a crush on me mm. I was the chocolate girl that he liked how old was he uh, maybe like 20 okay 19 or 20 right, right, right. so he was older than me right. much older um some tiger kylie thing kind they were trying to situation. creepy nah, set up nah. they were trying to do i don't know about that Tori got better breasts yeah, than her yeah, but anyway so <laughs> and they real right absolutely okay. uh -huh. yo you sound was... mad creepish man. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, this they're, is, they're, this they're, is they're, what all the radio you know the every like radio real, huh? guy when i was on the breakfast show they did the same thing <laughs> to nah, me. i'm not only like that you know, we had a conversation before off we, air. Yes. Okay. But you, so you, you didn't prep me for this. No, I. He was he, he was buttering you up. He was like, yeah, you but, know. But anyway, so listen, so 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 Murphy so, Lee. So Murphy Lee, and they wanted me to kind of put my mojo on him, and right. I just didn't. I was That's young. Up. I was young. I didn't feel comfortable, you know, changing. Also, like trying to make me talk a certain way and dress like they wanted it to be you know how TLC had you know there was the rapper mm -hmm. there was the you know the hip one street so, smart and all that yeah which I went to Catholic school I'm gonna keep it real and I spoke very well in all our interviews and they made fun of me for speaking well and being articulate and I I, I remember just feeling like what's wrong with the way that I am what's right. wrong with the way that I look one of the other worst things was telling me that being a brown skin girl wasn't popular and that mm. that wasn't marketable. Right. You know, being dark skinned, you know, a lot of people knew about that. It wasn't the whole reason like, oh, you're out the group because of that. But that was part of what marketing from my management felt. You're not really the one that we want to focus on. So they started taking me off leads, taking me off the songs. The producers loved my voice and they would come in the studio and be like taking the Terry off. That's fucked up. So 
Yeah, it was. Important question, though. When they were saying this, did you question what was wrong with them? Or did you question what was wrong with you? At the time, what was wrong with me? (gasps) I mean, at the time, I kept thinking, like, oh, gosh, like, why am I not good enough? Right. That was like the whole theme of that experience. Right. Why am I not good enough? And this is a very, like in any, I want to say, child, child, yeah, yeah, child's I was a child. life. Yeah. This is a very like sensitive time in your life where mm-hmm. you are trying to fit into whatever environment you're in, whatever Every click you're 15 in. Every 15-year-old girl. Right. And find yourself. Self-doubt is one of the biggest things. I know before the episode started, you were talking about how many times you felt that you, you know, yeah. you were down and out, you know? Yeah, how, absolutely. How did you make them through those times? You know what? I think... She said her family. It was, yeah, it was hard. But I think I, I just felt like I had to just learn over time that I can't rely on others for my happiness or for myself. Mm-hmm. Self-worth, I couldn't really look to them to validate me. But at the time, I used to always just want to be validated so much and i didn't get that were the members of the group also acting out on that or were they like we got you girl or come on i mean and i know it was kind it of- was interesting it went from we got you girl to we think we got you you know what we good okay. and then out peace out you, fe- was- you felt like that <laughs> snake snake type of girlfriend type you know you know when you like hang out with a couple of girls and you could tell like you know they're a little suspect when you actually <laughs> thought that they were like your friends yeah the thing is i i didn't know that it was going to be suspect I-, I think i got really like blindsided right. like right. completely because mm-hmm. we were think about it three girls teenagers lived together it was almost like we were like you know the sisters, Jackson yeah. sisters. Yeah. i felt like we were family we we slept in the same room we Eight, were roomies practice. we had bunk beds it was like it was Went like from a zero dream to platinum at, <laughs> together yeah it was a dream and we all knew we couldn't have done it without each other and then go from yay we made it to mm, we don't need you so right. i was like what do you mean you don't need me i'm a part of what made this happen so yeah how did it come to a head like how did everything well i came to rehearsal one day um and <laughs> there was another brown skin girl learning my parts and you knew then this at ssir right. studios i was coming to dance rehearsal and I just was like, what's happening? They were like, oh, uh, we have to hire an understudy in case something happens to you. I was like, what's going to happen to me? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Is something going to happen to me? And there was no other girls for the other two members. No, no, other, other, but other there was a girl there learning all my parts, the dances, the singing. And I had That's to watch her rehearse crazy. my part. And I was right. still a member of the group. Right. And then I had to go up and do the same thing while she watched. To teach her in a sense? Mm-hmm. So how did how did it how when did you decide this is it? Or when it, the when big it, fight the, in Atlanta, we were in Georgia, Atlanta. I w- we had a we had a performance the following day. We were on a we were on a promo tour for the next album. All I know, long story short, we stopped at KFC. An argument broke out about Wendy Williams leaking the story that they were trying to kick me out the group. Mm. How, so Wendy knew before you because. Well, no, I knew oh, you that knew, they were, right, but right. I didn't tell Wendy. Right. Wendy just knows people right. that knew they were kind of dogging me mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. So she said on the radio back in uh, Jersey, hey, y'all, let me tell you the scoop of what's happening. And when the manager heard, she went off and told me, how dare you tell them, to, you know, that we're trying to kick you out. You're trying to leak the story to beat us to the punch. I said, I'm not trying to leak anything. Wendy has her, you know, she knew. So. At the time, it caused a big argument. I said, I didn't tell anything, but y'all the one trying to kick me out the group. Keely, the, uh, <clears throat> her daughter, threw a plate of food at me. Keely um, threw the plate? 
Yep. Kaylee threw the plate of food. She threw, it was like. What was on know, the plate? <laughs> chicken, fried, fried and chicken, and mashed potatoes. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was macaroni so, so, and cheese. So, what'd you do? <laughs> There's no mac and cheese at KFC. Of course there is. I mean, you don't even maybe. eat at these places. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know what I don't, you're I don't, eat, I don't eat at KFC. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I don't know, but. So, what'd you do? <laughs> I, so, she jumped out of the car. Huh, this is such a crazy story. I can't believe I'm rehashing this. But um, to make it short, what happens is she throws the plate. She jumps out of because the car is not moving. Right. We're parked. Then we have a driver. She jumps out the car because I tried to jump. In, I'm in, we're in a suburban. I'm in the back. You the drive through going through drive through. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're like parked. Right. So we're all in the car. I'm in the back suburban. She does this, turns around. I try to jump over to to get to her. Mm-hmm. You know because you about to get started, that ass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She jumps out of the car. I get out the car, and she runs around the car um, because she was scared. Right. And, and you're I, mad. And you're, yeah, I was I, pissed. I was going And you've been her. holding it. Oh, yeah. But I think at that point, I was like, and then I just stopped trying to chase her. And I was like, you know what? I'm done. I said, I can't do this. I was like bawling, crying. I told um, the manager, I said, I can't do this anymore. I, I can't. And they said, we well, don't need you. And Damn. then... Uh, they actually left me at that KFC. Another driver. We didn't ride back. I had to pick me up. Internets, this portion of the Combat Jack Show is brought to you by Bevel, the superior shaving system for people with coarse and curly hair. I know what's going on right now with all this controversy and Meek Mill being mad at Drake. Meek Mill don't use Bevel. He's a Philly cat. And Philly cats, them niggas be rough trying to grow out that beard and shit. And I hear that, you know, Ahmad Aki and the whole nah. But if you got to shave... Use bevel. Meek been getting them ingrowns, and that shit is on fire. And Nikki ain't going with that shit. That's why he mad. Yo, Meek, no shots, my nigga. You got to come over to getbevel.com, punch in the promo code C-O-M-B-A-T. Get your Philly skin being smooth, Aki. Then you could be on the back of them Yamahas popping wheelies like a boss because you shave like a boss in the morning. Internet, this is not just to Meek Mill. It's to all of y'all. If your lady been mad at you telling you get them bumps off your face because you're not a rapper so you can't get your bars up. If you got to get the bumps off your face, you got to go to Get Bevel. GetBevel.com. Punch in the promo code COMBAT, C-O-M-B-A-T, for 20% off all of your services and goods. That's GetBevel.com. Meek, stay charged up, my nigga. And now back to the show. So now you're out the group. Yeah. You're, you're 16? 16? No, no, no. I was 18. 18. We were in the group for a few years. Okay, so you're out the group. Yeah. And this is all you know professionally. And you're living your dream as a singer, so you think. Right? So I think. So Dreams become nightmares mm-hmm. sometimes so, so, if you're wh- not careful. Wh- what do you go through? What do I go through? Literally having to start all over again. Having no money. Completely broke. Um, because did, did you make money while you were on We the, made money. Right. I just didn't get it. Because uh, the production company was a all. third party yes. that the label paid us through her. Through the, I remember. And she had to split it to all of us yes. there was a corporation that they kept all the money in 3w inc that i wasn't you know only they had the power right. to dictate and touch of with course. accountants so chasty shit craziness i mean we should do the tlc movie is like literally my story right. i saw that and i was like yes <laughs> um but anyway uh basically i went home i remember it was august the 12th it was 2002 Oh, no, August 14th is my mother's birthday, 2002. I came back home. I flew from Georgia to New Jersey. I got a letter from them saying you're terminated from 3W. And then all all of a sudden I was back home, back home, applying to college, Damn. going to school. I, so, that was the next step for me because 
And I couldn't get any of those monies until I went through this lawsuit. I had to hire a lawyer in Jersey. Oh, and never, you know, they filed to say they didn't have it anymore. And then so I never got that money. You never got that money. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of money that they owed me. They, they made a lot of money. Yeah, we made money. Yeah. After we recouped to Sony Epic, we made money, just didn't and get you it. And you guys, I'm sure, made money on the road as well. Oh, yeah. We made it. <sighs> so anyway, so you're starting out. You said, you know what? Fuck this. Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you are you done with the music industry at the time? At the time. Are you like, absolutely. I'm not fucking with this. Right. The music business scares me. Right. Every time I me. hear, the, I know, isn't that crazy when you're in it? Yeah. And now that I've lived it, when I think about it, or at the time, I was so, it was such a weird, traumatic, scary thing that I was like, nah, I'm good. I don't want to do this anymore. I can't trust these people. They take advantage of you. So I was like, I'm going to be a lawyer. Right. I actually went to Seton Hall uh, University. I got accepted and got a scholarship to go there. I was a great student. And I was like, I'm going to study political science and eventually get a law degree and eventually be an entertainment lawyer and eventually stop these. You know, I felt like the T's nine lives contract. She tried to stop me from doing other deals right. because my contract. And, and you felt like you were blackballed also. I was. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, the, which, they, which I could because because I don't want to go into it, but. She was a well-known person in the industry. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very important. Yeah. And people listened to her. They were afraid of her, actually. Yeah. A lot of people were scared of her. So she told people, don't, don't F with I'm me. I'm going to tell you, you're don't very you're, you're very lucky, though, because most of the frustrated creative people, mm-hmm. on the, and it's documented, most of the frustrated creative people on the planet become attorneys. Really? Yeah. Mm. They become attorneys, and then well, look at you. And I was frustrated, frustrated. and miserable, huh? You know, so so, you, so you're really fortunate. And oh yeah, well, that you didn't take that. That I didn't go trust, that route. Trust me, because because you'd be you'd be helping them, but you, you, no, it, yeah, no. you'd be here with us now doing no. a podcast. <laughs> so so when, when did That's you start? Funny. When did what grab? What pulled you back in? Broadway. Bro- How did that happen? Actually, it was the most crazy random thing. I'm in New Jersey in college. I'm approaching my junior year, right? Mm -hmm. So I had been auditioning because, well, okay, before auditioning, what happened was a friend of mine knew this casting director, Bernard Tells Casting here in New York, who cast all the big Broadway shows. They cast Color Purple. They cast uh, Hairspray. They cast, I mean, every show you can think of, um, Jersey Boys. Uh, So... I, they sent my resume and my picture. I had no credits, like, as far as, like, theater. I was just a girl from 3W. And the casting, Which is impressive still. Yeah, no, it was, it was enough to get yes. me in, yes. they, even though I didn't have any experience. The casting director saw my, you know, saw my picture and resume, just like a normal, and they, we called. I didn't have an agent. I didn't have a manager. And I got an audition. They said, you know, we'd like to see her. And they were familiar with 3W. Right. So that was kind of a little bit of a push. I got an audition for another show, Rent the Musical. Wow. Was, mm-hmm. And I sang my heart out, and they loved me, but they were like, she's too young. She looks so young. Because Rent was grimy yeah, and, and a little gritty. More it mature. was like people that are living in their own apartments. Exactly. Right. I was way too young. At that time, I was only 18, and I looked like I was still 15, right. 14, really. So anyway, the, the uh, casting director was like, okay, but we really think you're great. We believe in you. We're going to audition you for some uh, another show. And I didn't get Rent. 
it took uh, plenty of auditions. I mean, I auditioned for many things, and I did not get them. It was like a year and a half. What drove you? Because did, did you think it was bullshit, or were you wasting no, your time? No, I knew it wasn't. I knew it because wasn't because these bullshit. calls kept coming in because they were official, and right. I knew that they cast all the Broadway shows. I knew it was going to be, be work. I right. knew nothing that's worth having is going to come easy. So I kept auditioning, and I kept auditioning, and I would just keep getting callbacks, and then keep getting no's. After the callback, the callback, the callback, they'd be like, "You were so close." But, you know, I kept auditioning. And finally, my my junior year in college, they called me out of nowhere. This is how great, you know, thank you, God. Because I didn't even have to audition. They just called me and remembered how hard I had been working and said, we'd like to offer Naturi the role of Little Inez in Hairspray, the national tour. And I did and the that's national. that's huge. That's huge. It was huge. That's huge. I felt like this was like literally a, a, a star just dropped from the sky. And it was just an amazing blessing. But I had done the work leading up to it. Anyway, so people in college were like, wait, aren't you the girl from 3LW? Like, why aren't you back, you know, on the radio on tour? And, and you had then, to deal with that bullshit. Yeah, That's well, like, you eh. know, it took people a while to realize that the girl who was just on TRL is literally in my poli sci class. <laughs> <laughs> they were looking at me like, wait, what happened? Right. But it's all good. So I decided to talk to the dean and I told him I got this offer to do this really great show, Hairspray. It's a six-month contract, and uh, they allowed me to go in good standing, and I was going to come right back. I was literally going to come back. right back I in promise. six months. I promise. Three years later. Three years I later. They kept Broadway. you. It extended for three years. They extended my contract. Every time your contract is up with theater, you get these six-month contracts, maybe a year, but this is usually six months, right? So if you do well, or if they like you, or if they want you to stay, they'll extend you another six months, and then extend you another and I wind up getting transferred to Broadway. Did you ever meet um, John Waters? I did. You did? How was that? He came to Hairspray on Broadway. It was great. I mean, it's so funny because I watched a movie and he, you know, did the original Hairspray Divine film. And, all of that. and I just think he was such a vibrant, like, man. He, you know, very tall, thin with his little mustache. But he loved Hairspray to the end. He came to the well, that's show. That's his baby. It was his baby. But I, I, I just, you know, felt like it was an honor to be on stage telling his story uh, on Broadway every night. So I did the show with Tevin Campbell, who I loved growing up. Go Tevin. Mm -hmm. Darlene Love, um, George Wendt, uh, Jennifer Lewis. It was a great experience, honestly. That was the best time. What was the biggest difference between your experience in the music industry and your, your experience on Broadway? Oh, the just people are so much nicer <laughs> when you're in the theater world. There's a family, and, they, and it actually means something. I still am friends with people that I was on the stage 10 years ago. I was on stage with some of these people, and they're still great friends. They're still reliable. They still come through. I feel like the difference for me was also that I learned a lot about not just live performances with a backtrack and, you know, an audience. It was like, you better bring it, or the Broadway audience will just look at you, you right. know. You have to really perform. When you're on Broadway, you can't really, there's no backing track. You're really singing live. Right. And there's no edit. There's no, there's you can't no room go for back. Right. You can't be like, oh, wait, wait, wait. No, you got to do it. Did you read reviews about, about you? Did people have reviews about you? When I first started, because yeah. the show was already in motion, right. though. You know, I came into Hairspray when it was already three years going. It went for six years. I did three of them, the last three. Um, I don't remember any major reviews right. but i do remember on the national tour there was one review when i went to the jackie gleason theater in miami and they said that 
the vibrant, you know, Naturi Naughton brings little Inez to life. Wow. Mm. That's that was, all, amazing. That was my, like, little... Those are better tiny. than... I've been hearing, tiny. though, the worst thing, though, with, with, <laughs> with regard to Broadway, though, is, like, bad reviews. Because you got to still do the show. You do. But you can't really let that... Bad reviews are just a part of the business, right, of especially course. in theater. You better know that everybody's not going to like you. And sometimes they give you a bad review. And you could be a hit show. Yep. I mean, look at Motown. Motown got the worst reviews yep. and, and they were it's a, making so much money. So, OK, reviews. Let me go ahead and cash my check. And that's really I mean, sometimes you just can't let those things bother you. Um, what's going on with your self-esteem while you're doing Broadway now? Because you had just it's gotten, building. You got just got trampled. Yeah. And 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 now you don't have any money from all this work mm-hmm. that you've done. Mm-hmm. Now now now. Finally, I was actually getting paid on time. How's because how's, when how's you do Broadway? Broadway they how, pay you every Thursday. How's Broadway money? <laughs> it's great, especially for me. I was like a kid. <laughs> I was in twenty nineteen or twenty. No, I was twenty. Right. I was twenty years old. I left, you know, college to go do this job. That pays me every Thursday mm. and I'm making, you know, thousands of dollars and it actually happens like on time and I had benefits and I'm a part of the union. I, I joined the Actors' Equity. Nice. Everything was so official. Are you living at home still or? Yes. Ah, so you <laughs> stack, you're stacking. She's killing it. Stacking. Did you, did you trick a little? No, what? The money, yes, like yes. you didn't buy no whip or nothing? Like, oh, I, oh, yeah, what, I did. What, I bought a Mercedes, what? a C230. Bye, guys. Mercedes. <laughs> 300. I bought a Mercedes. A little jewelry, compressor. a little something. Uh, no, I Shoes. don't do what, crazy what, what, jewelry. What was your, um, what's your advice when it comes to like your personal I, spending? I probably don't have one. Lingerie? <laughs> You're Fredericks just, or Hollywood? You, I like Fredericks, but no. Okay. Uh, that's your fantasy. <laughs> not mine. Hey, I'm not, I'm not a pig. I'm a good guy here. Yeah, I know. You're a good guy. Let me ask him. Every six months when the contract was renewed, mm-hmm. were you able to uh, get an increase? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Was that something that you spoke uh, about? Well, or? the first couple of contracts, I still didn't have, like I said, I didn't have a manager or okay. agent. But, you know, they're really good to to me. Like, they were good to me. So every every time the contract was up, there was like a natural bump. And then, you know, we'd discuss and they'd give me a, a little bit more. It wasn't anything crazy, but it was still good to me. Um, and then when I got an agent, uh, you know, we'd negotiate a little bit more. But every time I made a little bit more nice. every single six That's months. That's nice. That's nice. So now, now as you're doing this uh, uh, hairspray show. Mm-hmm. Are your eyes now set on I'm going to be in Broadway for the rest of my life? Um, I, I mean, I would have been happy to be on Broadway, not for the rest of my life, right. but I would have been happy to keep going. Right. Honestly, I was like, if this show lasts for another five years, I'll be great. But I knew that uh, this this moment really was preparing me to be an actress. Right. And that's what and I started circling around in my head you had no intentions of being an actress no i did you did i always had the intentions you can ask my friends since i was in school plays i wanted to be just like whitney houston i wanted Mm -hmm. to be in the bodyguard i wanted to be in the preacher's wife i wanted to sing and because i wanted to do movies that couldn't that kind of uh put together and um, you know what's the word i'm looking for Uh, merged both music and Mm -hmm. acting right so i really dreamt of being an actress my entire life but I didn't really think it was going to happen because so, that's a harder thing to break into. What? Ha- how did you get from Broadway, which is kind of like how high brow? It's high. It's it's a whole different demo. How did you go from that to Notorious? <laughs> notorious. Is everybody saying and it like notorious. you're saying I my like name? That. Notorious. <laughs> I like that. You know what's crazy? What? I, I represented you. Mm-hmm. 
as and you were little Kim, and, and I also represented rep- little Kim, and I represented um, I, I was Antonique uh, Smith, oh, who played Faith. Play Faith. Yes, did she have a? Did she do? Who was it? She did Ren. Yes, she did. She did do, like, and we were both funny enough, like crossing paths and right. didn't even know each other. And both of me star in New Jersey. And it's crazy because I She's remember. She's doing her thing. I'm very happy for her. She was on Flavor Unit. She had just gotten That's released right. from Flavor Unit. That's right. Beautiful girl. Amazing yeah. voice. I was shopping her everywhere. I thought she was going to be the easiest yeah, deal she can sing. I ever landed. And I swear to God, I had executives telling me she sings too perfect. She wow. sings too clean. She doesn't sing like a black girl. No one's going to get really? into her stuff because she's so polished. And I was like, she is are you very fucking polished, crazy? That's amazing. I can't even believe that. She's I dope. couldn't get her a deal. Wow. That's crazy. That's, I got, but that's the I got, record business not for Not saying you. you guys, but I got bums deals. No. <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> get her. Who's, who's some of the bums? It's not the point. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I couldn't <laughs> get, I couldn't get I her a deal. That's crazy, though. But that's also the record business. Yeah. You see random so-and-so hit. And then the girl who's giving you powerhouse vocals is still yep. trucking along. So how did how did the movie, how did that happen? Well, that happened because after doing Hairspray, so, okay, once I got to Broadway, I got the contract to move from the national tour to Broadway. I got um, I got a call, interest from uh, some uh, agents. So I finally got an agent. Then the agent, you know, got me into commercial. I started doing, I did an Olive Garden commercial. I'm passing the bread. Which was like, I was so happy. Nasty ass breadsticks. Let me tell you something. That Olive Garden commercial (laughs) paid a lot of bills for a very long time. It was a national national commercial. commercial. All I had to do was, (laughs) and pass the bread. I was like, (laughs) listen, Olive Garden is not an Italian restaurant. I just want to let you know that. I believe. I'm not mad at the check. Nobody cares about Olive Garden. (laughs) 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 no so anyway so i started doing commercials i did you know different commercials i did a radio shack voiceover i was just doing little things here and there suddenly i got an audition and i had auditions for different things random but then there was this audition for this movie that fox searchlight was doing called notorious about biggie smalls and they wanted me to audition for Lil kim i was like are they sure me i mean Lil kim i don't know if i can do that i was actually really scared right that's a lot of pressure a whole lot of pressure and, and I, I I respected little Kim I remember my brother had a big post my big brother he had this huge poster with her and her uh, legs everybody spread. this was the, the infamous the infamous little Kim poster Did you guys rub one out on that poster oh god I, I shot I Stop shot from it. across the room on that poster <laughs> it right up in that box <laughs> easy I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm, I'm be, I don't know why I'm never like this but uh, I'm he's, sorry. he's been watching too much of you I, too, I, much I, power. I, too, much power. too much power I'm flattered keep fucking it I'm flattered um, <laughs> and you grew up as a as a Biggie fan, like Juicy. No, was one, no? Juicy was no. I say no. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah Juicy I mean, is one of your, your favorite records. Growing I up. love that record, and you know it's funny Biggie and all just Junior Mafia. It felt like because they were East Coast. They it was hot. It was cool. I mean, I didn't I didn't know though really how to rhyme. So right. that was the part that I was like, uh, can I do this? Little Kim is she spits hard, and I went to Catholic one of, school. One of the best that ever did it. Mm-hmm. she's dope she's yeah. sick I just saw her at the BET Awards when I was there and she came Crazy. out and shut it down yes, down the queen down I know, queen no, shut it down it was good queen. to see her shut it down like I after was really all of these happy. years of like right? Kim come on girl I was happy for yeah. her yeah, I, was too. I, I was like go so anyway so I got the audition I'm nervous I auditioned right here in New York City in uh, Manhattan they were having a call I went I felt like I sucked I felt like I had the worst audition of my life. Really? Um, yeah. Why? Why? Well, 
Who, I was it, was it like know. Mark Pitt? Who was like, did where there, like, was it just the Hollywood people there? No, there was some, vi- you know, cool actresses. It wasn't any like crazy big names right. at the beginning level. It was like actresses mm-hmm. that I knew were official, mm-hmm. but not big yet. Right. So I go in. I didn't know that I had to prepare a rap. That part kind of like threw me. And they were like, oh, can you know, can you do Big Mama thing or. Um, uh, You're like, excuse me. A, and I, <laughs> I was just like, nobody told me that. And my agent didn't tell me. So I'm standing there. And then I was a little nervous with the, the lines. I just remember thinking that I did badly. But the casting directors, actually, one um, Twinkie, Twinkie Bird and uh, Wendy McKenzie were both in the room. And they told me that you did a great job. Don't be nervous. You killed it. Go outside, practice a little bit, you know, and see if you can give us a little piece of, uh, of, of a rhyme. Right. What, what, what I think it was... Want to bumble with the bee, huh? Throw a hex on the whole family. Yes. Yes. Yes, Kim. Yeah, it was crazy. I remember... I'm just trying to remember what I actually did in that audition. I feel like it might have been that. But anyway, so I go back in and I do my little... uh, what, what, You got it going. Uh, what, what, And... I actually did okay. I was like, all right, because I knew the songs. I just wasn't prepared. I'm an artist, so I I like to, like, be very... Prepared. I'm a perfectionist, actually. So I go in, and they were like, you did a great job. And I was like, I know, but I feel like... And so I got a call back. I was shocked because I thought that I had murdered, like, and not in a good way. Thought you bodied yourself. (laughs) I thought it was over. Right. They called me back. They were like, we like your energy. We like your vibe, your look. And they and also loved you because you were so petite. I am like, so petite. Like Kim, right? Like Kim. Me, my size has always made me part of, kind of made me feel a little insecure because mm-hmm. I used to get made fun of. Like, I didn't really have a body growing up. When I was in grade school, they were always like, oh, you're so, like, tiny, little, skinny, flat-chested. Surfboard. So, for you, Pete. Flat-chested. Things, what the fuck are they talking about? Things changed. <laughs> fucking things are beautiful. Things changed in the last... I would say from like 15 on, life changed. All those people who made fun of me. It certainly has changed. I haven't, them now. I haven't seen you since exactly. you were 15. Things have changed. Things have shifted. <laughs> Things done changed. Word <laughs> so to big. Anyway. <laughs> so how was that whole experience? Now, didn't you, didn't, you, didn't 3LW work with Puff before? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did a record with uh, Puff featuring Loon. Yes. That was our mm-hmm. second so on the second album, we had a song called I Do. Mm-hmm. I do want to get close to you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we had that record, and Diddy produced it. Loon was on it. It came out as our first single. Did you for get the to work album. with him directly? I mean, he time? was there in, right. the, in the studio. I think Mario Winans did the mm-hmm. beat, and he was great. All ex clients. Loon was my client. Mario oh, wow. Winans. See, was, was this crazy. is crazy. Crazy. But yeah, so I was in the studio, happy. We got a song with Puffy. Um, uh. Yeah, and then I was out the group real quick. Oh, take that. <laughs> that <laughs> happened. Take that, take that. Um, <laughs> bad boy, bad boy. And then, you know, but doing Notorious was all, it was eerie because I just never would have anticipated, right. you know. So that experience, because Little Kim wasn't as supportive. You as, reached out you to know, her, right? I did. And she was really upset for whatever reason. Well, I know some of it, but I didn't speak to her directly. But I, all I can tell you is a story. And didn't a lot of she want to be this. casted? No, 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 no. She like, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, she didn't want. uh, I guess my look or complexion. I think she wanted a a different looking girl. A lighter girl. Um, I I guess some of the options were like Christina Milian and some other people. I don't know. This is just what I heard. Okay, Kim. 
I don't know. You shoot, did a great job. Shoot, shoot your Thank shot, you. Kim. But you know what? I didn't. I didn't get to talk to her directly. Right. This is what I heard. But it was hurtful because I was so excited to play little Kim, yes. and I reached out. I think to Un or her people at the time, and then, you know she wasn't. You know she didn't get back to me. And I and I have nothing but love and respect for Lil' Kim to this day. I think she's so dope. So it was disappointing. And then I remember one day I was at the production office over in like downtown Manhattan and she comes up the elevator and I saw her coming out the elevator and I was like, Oh, like maybe I get to meet her and she has her glasses on, her wig, shades, and she's fabulous. Uh-huh. So I'm thinking like, Oh, maybe, you know, she's into it now, we'll get to talk to her. All I know is she rode to the elevator, went straight to the director's office, and I'm there for a fitting. And so I looked and I was like, oh, crap. And she went into George Tillman's office, uh, who was the director of the film, and I just heard yelling and argument and frustration. About you? <laughs> About her character. About her character. Yeah. No, it, I don't think it was ever personal. Right. I think it was more about... The portrayal. The portrayal. Right. Because there were some issues with... Maybe what she felt which should have been the depiction of the relationship, which is valid, which, which is, is valid, totally valid. It. Like she you lived, lived it. it, you, yeah, I get it's, it. It's part her. Mo- it's part her movie too. Mm-hmm. I get it. It's right. hard, and it's very hard to do a movie where you're like in it, and maybe you feel like you didn't get a chance to, you know, say how you wanted to be told. So it's got to be hard. And but she went off and then went back out and walked right by me and went on the elevator. I never got a chance to meet. I don't even know if she knows that. I and, was right there. And to her credit, and you could speak on this too. I could imagine part of the frustration because the industry really did do a job on her. The yeah. industry is hard on women. They are. And it's hard Tell on black women. It. Yes. Tell me about it. That's real. That's crazy. But fortunately for you, you reached out to her. She didn't reach, but you but you did connect with, with the crew. You connected yeah. with the mafia, right? All of Junior Mafia was on C's. set. Little C's up, was C's? so up, helpful. I, I so appreciate him, Nino. You know, uh, all the guys were so cool. I mean, the whole yeah, thing happened. Jonathan we got Manor some effing, just effing, want some effing vodka. What up, that's 50? What's up? With some cranberry. Vodka. We got this you, is, this, is, this is a special effing vodka a, break a toast. for Notori. Thank you. Power, the success of power in the whole nine. <laughs> You're funny. So, so anyway, so so you, where do they yeah. take you? So where, where you hanging out with the, with the, with the, with the Brooklyn? We was, I mean, we were shooting all over, um, you know, Bed-Stuy, Do or Die, and St. James, Saint James. Mm-hmm. and you know the corner store I remember walking with C's to the corner store where Big used to go where he actually in the scene in Notorious he he kind of hollers at little Kim when yes. he's coming out yes, this yes, corner yes. store do you like your drink strong or light light okay I'm a light weight okay let mm-hmm. me let me ask you this question because <laughs> you're hanging out with the mafia and I notice you you do this in, in, in power also yeah are you smoking blunts with the mafia <laughs> no no <laughs> No, they're smoking blunts. They're smoking blunts. But I'm not at the time. Okay, I, I'm jumping ahead. I love the way you, you smoke, smoke blunts these blunts with Tommy. on power with, with Tommy. Isn't that Are you dope? really smoking blunts or what? Is that a cigar? It's nowhere at work. It's That's they're a like They're like... Uh, You're inhaling. Yeah, but we, we're... Well, it's actually not real smoke. It's like an herbal... An herbal it's cigarette. It's fake blunts? Fake blunts. What? Sorry, guys. Not I know real. you're working, but... You can't be like high to nah. get into the role. And, and then you wonder why I'm forgetting my lines. <laughs> hey, <laughs> sprinkle I a little need... coke in that shit. Hey, what? Hey, yo. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, no. <laughs> sorry, we, sorry. We, it's, 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 I'm used to you now. I get I get it. So when you're, shoot, <laughs> when you're shooting Notorious, though, and you're going through this this, this situation with Kim, though, yeah. is it still a lot of pressure? Because it's... Yeah, it's, and then she had... A, fans were on a website. They're like some Little Kim's fans were trying to get 
me removed. Right. Like it was crazy. Right. It was a whole uh what's it called a thing that they do on the internet message i can't board. even think message board or it's just like a, a campaign petition, petition. and i'll move, move on.org <laughs> trying to get you off <laughs> so move it, on. it's funny all those people who started that petition are all like on my twitter like right. you killed it girl we love you as little kim so it's all good but it started off very 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 rocky and right. it started off feeling like i was climbing this mountain that was never going to end because Everyone loves Kim and right. people know from the 90s, Kim, too, you got to really go deep to play little Kim. And I also did a lot of research about what she had been through, abusive relationships. Mm-hmm. Her father kicked her out. She was Even living on Big, her own. You know, God, God, I know God she was been that. through so much, right. not just with Biggie, but other people before him. That young girl was really damaged and she was hurting and insecure. And that's what got me the role, actually, because the vulnerability that, that I had, had been through and the insecurities of 3LW we're perfect in alignment with what, and that's what the casting director said. You use all that pain of being rejected, feeling like I was, this, you know, always not the choice. What's which, wrong with me? Yeah, what's wrong with me? Kim felt that a lot too. Right. I, I believe. I would and, imagine. Well, and obviously, yeah, and going through what her, you know, for me, tapping into the character was about just making sure that I showed that she was a real woman. Mm. When she made the statement that you were the worst possible choice to play her. Is that a quote? This is a quote. Did you never <laughs> hear this? Yes. What, what, like, were you like, was that a dagger? Or was it like, fuck it, Kim? I'm going to be the best Kim I could possibly be. Oh, I always was going to be right. the best Kim I could possibly be with or without. You did a great the, job, by the way. Like thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And we're not just saying that. We don't just do that. No, I no. appreciate that. I can and, tell you guys are real. No, and I really, <laughs> What I really like the most in this combat is that how... You could take a fail, a, like failures in your life, mm-hmm. bad moments in your life, Absolutely. and turn them into successes. Yeah, like you said, you took all that shit and used and, it and used it to, it, to a positive and a success. Exactly, so. it actually helped me. But yeah, little Kim, when she said that, I felt like at the end of the day, I was hurt, I was upset, but at the same time, you know, I can't please everybody, Everyone, exactly. and that's something I used to really struggle with my entire life was always trying to fix and please and make everybody happy. That's a young thing. That's a that's I when you're young so. and innocent. The older you get, you're the like, the older I get, I'm like, you. I can't make <laughs> you happy. Yep. I'm good on you. I'm a grown ass woman. I'm a grown ass woman. There you go. And you gotta put some bass in it. Yeah. Huh? Listen, let's go to a quick break and, and enjoy some of this <laughs> oh, effing yes. vodka international tuned into the Combat Jack show with the lovely Natori Norton. Thank you. Cheer, cheer. Be right, right back. Cheer, cheer. Internets, this portion of the Combat Jack Show is brought to you by Heineken Subway Symphony. 20 years ago, James Murphy came up with an idea to change the harsh turnstile beeps of the NYC subway system into music. He called it the Subway Symphony. Instead of hearing this cacophony of stressful sounding beeps, you would hear something pleasant and soothing and even calming. And during rush hour, especially when more people are passing through the turnstiles, this effect would be even more pronounced. For years, Mr. Murphy's ideas just kind of sat there and they played him. But recently, Murphy got together with Heineken. And since Heineken believes in making cities greater, they've teamed up to make Subway Symphony happen. The goal is to generate support to make Subway Symphony a reality. The turnstiles have to make a sound, so why not make it a beautiful sound? If you want to help make Subway Symphony happen, it's really easy. Just use the hashtag on your social media, hashtag Subway Symphony, to share your support. Subway Symphony is just the first in a series of legacy projects backed by Heineken. Heineken wants to champion those who have an idea to make their city greater. 
So be on the lookout for more projects in cities across the nation in the future. And watch the documentary, The Journey to Make Subway Symphony a Reality, and learn more about the project at SubwaySymphony.com. And now back to our show. Internets, you're tuned into the Combat Jackson. We're sitting here with the lovely Notori Norton. Yes. Off this power trip. We didn't even get to power yet. We just talked about uh, the Notorious movie. Mm -hmm. Um, One more question about Notorious. Did you find it kind of weird that here you were banished from the music industry, Mm. kicked out, (laughs) blackballed. It's ironic. You go to Broadway. Mm. Now you're in Hollywood doing a movie about one of the biggest artists in the music was that kind of was that kind of weird it, and his music and a exi- hip-hop icon yes. too like i mean this is a movie about big you know biggie and i'm playing little kim and the whole hip-hop like community is kind of rallying around this movie i mean we were sold out when the movie came out we did very well we shocked fox searchlight this is the first time a movie was done about a hip-hop rap artist um, and now into NWA the fir- the is happening. The first biopic was it? The first rap first biopic, which was which is really big. And his mother, Valletta Wallace, was executive producer. But it's really big because a lot of times, you know, these studios won't invest in, in a movie and say, oh, nobody wants to see. But now they're doing so many. And WA is about to come out, and you know they got a Tupac movie. So it just goes to show you our stories do matter and they do sell. But it felt good, um, you know, for me to be playing this hip hop icon. It was almost like a way to look back at my situation be like uh now what look at me now because you thought you had you know kind of blackballed Did you throw me a bitch in there huh <laughs> uh, bitch look at me now that's for you to do okay. i just said uh want to remember what to be uh, but did you during this whole change did you stay in touch with anybody from 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 w from the past no i hadn't spoken or even seen at that point i i mean it was literally like cold turkey right from the moment i left that whole chicken fight right yeah, in J- Atlanta. Literally. Literally, I went f- home to New Jersey, never spoke, never saw those girls again. Wow. Until now, I've right. seen a- I've seen Adrian. Right, haven't seen Keely. Right. Haven't seen, you know, uh, the manager. The pre- I haven't seen any of them. But really, I, I just, my life really. Look at you, look at you. Just went on. And she's, and, and internet, she's not even being nasty. She's just like. No, I'm not. Hey. No, she's not. But she's like, hey. I'm feeling myself. Look at me now. I'm feeling, I'm feeling myself. myself. Pause. So, yeah, so, so you go from Notorious, which is your first yeah. motion picture. First motion picture. Ex- explain or describe the first time you see the movie and you oh, see yourself gosh. on the screen. The premiere. It was in New York City at AMC in Lincoln Center. It was January 16th, Notorious, 2009. You I remember the dates. Yeah. You're good with dates. I'm a mathematician in my head a little okay. bit. I was a really good like student. Um, but anyway, I remember sitting at that premiere. My whole family's there. Jay-Z and Beyonce came to the premiere, which is really cool. Um, and I just could not believe the first time I actually saw it, even in the movie theaters, and it was packed. People were like excited, singing the lyrics to the songs to get money. Nick, bet to grab a seat. Grab on your dick because this bitch get deep. I mean, it was crazy. People, I couldn't people believe. actually grabbed this joint. Did yeah he he kind of did, but you know that song gets you kind of hype. But when I watched the film and seeing my first time on film, I kind of couldn't believe that I did that. I was like, "Gosh, am I that raw? Am I that even?" 
the sex in the movie, I couldn't believe I did that because I'm such a like kind of a little bit more conservative than mm-hmm. most people think I am. I was actually shocked knowing you from 15. Yes, from 3LW. Like, is that Naturi? Like, like, Trust like going me. hard. <laughs> going hard. But that's the kind of actress I really wanted to let people know that I wanted to be because if you can't step into a role as hard, as raw, and as gangster mm. as Kim, then you ain't, you ain't really about it. I mean, at the end of the day, that's the kind of role that I needed to break me out as an actress. You, you're right because you're coming off of being like from this yeah, team from group. Yeah, from 3LW. The little girls, they're cute, they're, they're wholesome, sweet. and now you're fucking yeah. gravy. I mean, I'm not fucking <laughs> gravy. I was something. acting as little Kim with Biggie. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Well, I mean, your saddle up game <laughs> was insane. <laughs> the way you got up on top and then... All right, all right, all right, oh, all right, all right. Okay. You were too right. much. No, I'm, listen, I'm giving you credit that, right. that you are a great stop, actress. Stop, stop, stop. Okay. There's so much more in that movie. How did you go from... How did you... Well, let me ask you this yeah, last yeah, question yeah. about... Last... I swear to God, last question. It's okay. About Notorious. What were some of the surprises from... Pe- like you said, Jay-Z and Beyonce were there. Yeah. Who gave you like the most... Oh, Diddy came up to me. I mean, everybody at that premiere, it was kind of crazy. It was probably the most insane premiere that I've had because everybody was there in the industry. Um, But I remember Diddy came up to me and, you know, I wonder if he, I know he probably knew I was from 3OW, but the connection... And he was just like, I'm really, you killing it. He was like, you killed it. I'm proud of you. you That's know? dope. And I appreciated that. But um, let me think. Well, Sierra was at that premiere. Mm. I'll I never forget that. And um, and she showed love. Um, I didn't get to see Jay-Z and Beyonce, but, I, I, you know, I felt, you know, the fact that they were there. But everybody just came up to me and was like, you know, your life's about to change, right? That's hot. And I was like, what do you mean? I'm just, I'm just doing my job. But I feel like the love that I got after Little Kim was overwhelming and amazing. And I'm very, very blessed. And then you went from Notorious and then mm-hmm. you did the remake of Fame. I did. Yeah. Which was kind of like what I was saying. I wanted to do movies that I could sing, sing. and act. And right. I wanted to be I wanted to be the next Whitney. You know, that was truly my goal. When I was six years old, you know, I told my parents, I'm going to be just like Whitney Houston. I'm from East Orange, New Jersey. I'm going to be. You know, I'm going to be positive. I'm going to sing. I'm going to be in movies. And fame was a, a dream role. No, I know fame. Fame wasn't a blockbuster. It wasn't. It wasn't a big success. It did not. And it's well. kind of hard to, to yeah. remake fame. It is tricky. And it, you know what? It wasn't a hit back in 1980. Right. It came out and flopped. It wasn't? It was not a hit in the movies. Wow. It became a hit as a TV series. Okay. So, but doing it must have been magical. I'm, I can was. imagine you grew up listening to Fame. Oh my gosh, Iron Kara. I, first off, I loved Iron Kara in this movie called Sparkle, mm-hmm. which was another what, dream. 70s? Oh my gosh, you're too I young was, to be knowing these seven. No, but see, 70s. I know this because my mother right. used to watch these movies, and I learned about all the things my parents listened to—the movies, the music of the sixties and seventies. I was kind of growing up a little bit old school. My mm-hmm. parents were which older. Which is great. Which is great. So I loved music and movies. Parents, parents are great, right? Isn't are, it great to have parents? And isn't it great to have mature parents that can teach you some things yep. instead of like nowadays parents just uh, go watch that video or go do something. And I just, uh, when I become a parent, I'm going to be play a just lot of music. like my you can parents. play a lot of music. A lot of music, right. a lot of movies that were classic, but I'm also going to really take the time with them and teach them because to me, if you're not ready, then don't do it. It's just not cool. But anyway, so yes, I love fame. It was honor. Debbie Allen, who mm-hmm. I admired, was in the film. And I got to meet her and work with her. She's 
awesome. Um, it's so funny. She just came up to me on the carpet at the BET Awards and was like, girl, you are working power. Mm, mm. She was, and I said, oh, my gosh, <laughs> Debbie Allen's watching my show. Everybody's watching your show. I know, but it's still a shock to me because you just never know. Right. But Debbie Allen's so great. But the irony is you're in, you're you're acting now. Yeah. And you're singing. Yeah. And you cover the song Fame, and that becomes an international hit, correct? It, it really does. The The remake of Fame that I did went you know, to the top of charts in London we went to Amsterdam all over internationally. It was a really big Which success. Which you didn't expect. I did not expect. I just was happy to sing the songs right. and put my voice out here on my own. Big song for the fame, you know, classic. And I got to do that. I got to do fame. And I had a good time. I'm going to live forever. I'm going to learn how to fly. Hi. So Ooh, that's another shot, though, because it's like I do it. You, mm-hmm. you're in the movies and you, you, you have hit records. You, you have a hit record. You know, it's crazy. I, I didn't really look at it like that. Right. I was just like, oh, I'm in this really cool remake that kind of flopped, unfortunately. But internationally, I was all over the world with that movie. You know, I actually sang at the uh, U.S. Em- uh, ambassador for uh, Belgium really? in Brussels. I sang at uh, his home and I did a ton of performances for fame. I had no idea how many people loved me overseas that's crazy it's crazy i that's mean crazy. it was unreal so that's it was crazy. great so, so that that was cool so those movies back to back did that really kick start your acting career did you start getting offers definitely over- i got an offer for lottery tickets straight off the back because fame even though it wasn't a success i was on the cover of the usa today or la times was talking about I remember the quote in the Los Angeles Times, although fame didn't do well, they said Naturi Naughton was the light of the movie. It said that, you know, I had this sparkle that there every time I came on screen, it was a captivating moment. Which is, you, you kept the movie alive for the for the movie. Which was such a nice because the Los right. Angeles Times can be really mean. Of course. Um, so it was nice of them to give me a beautiful quote. Now, did you start getting shitty, like shitty, uh, shitty uh, scripts too? like I, I, did you become? Did oh. you become? Did you become selective? Like, did you? Start I had to be because right. then everybody wanted to be little, wanted me to be little Kim in every right. movie. So, what, what was like the worst <laughs> shit that you started seeing? Like, oh my gosh! I mean, people were just trying to do Players Club meets Notorious meets, but it wasn't as good. Right. But they just wanted me to be a stripper, and right. I was like, just because hey I was little Kim does not mean that I'm going to be stripping in every movie, which right. is why I did the movie Fame. Right. Because I wanted to show people there was so much the more to me than my tits. The range. <laughs> But then you end up doing something like, say, Mad Men. Yes, I did. Where you play a character, Tony Charles, who's yes, a Playboy yes, Bunny. Yes, yes, a Playboy Bunny. How, how was that experience? Uh, How'd you get that That role? was next level. Honestly, getting that... Next re- level from movies? Next level for breaking into television. Okay. You know, for me, I was still doing so much film work, but television is, is tricky because AMC had such... It was a hit show. At that time, esteemed. I came... Season four. Very esteemed, Emmy-winning show. Very cool. Um, and I got to play the love interest of Jared Harris, you know, um, who's and a great Denise, actor. Was it, was it, was yes, yes, yes. And I just, I couldn't believe it because I actually, to be honest with y'all, I hadn't watched Mad Men before uh, I got the role. I had heard of it, but I'm going to just keep it real. I had to do all this research the night before my audition. I had an audition with one day notice. They called me the night before and they were like, okay, there's this role. Um, it's, she's beautiful, black, Playboy Bunny. She's going to be from in love 60s. with Lane Price. So the character, a white guy from the show, Lane Price, who's one of the partners, was going to be in love with me. We were going to have a relationship. And, you know, it's the 60s. It's, you know, interracial. I was like, oh, okay. I looked up the show. I did a ton of watching clips, watching the show. 
I went into the audition. I'll never forget it because all the producers were in there. Matt Weiner, all of them were there. And I was just kind of like, okay, I didn't think I realized that I was going in for right. Mad Men. I was just like, oh. it, was, it was whatever. I was just kind of like, let me just go ahead and do right. what I do. Yeah. I wore a beautiful aqua blue fitted dress, showed mm-hmm. my curves. Mm-hmm. And because I wanted to look, you know, like I could be a bunny. Right. And so, was it kind of what you had on? Was it kind of like retro, like 60 ish? Uh, no, it oh, was okay. just a simple fitted scoop neck aqua blue dress H&M. to the knees um no bb okay bb is one of my stores don't tell me where i got my dress from <laughs> you know he done got out of hand now I know, right um so <laughs> is that effing <laughs> what up Fifth? oh my gosh so anyway so i go in the room and they're looking you know they look at me and it's like seven people in these audition rooms and they were like oh you know where are you from and i was like i'm from jersey i had enough you know i had that little bit of sass but a little bit of sexy sass meets sass sexy and sass and class but sexy and ass mm. Mm. Well, that's mm. for you, mm. not for me. Okay. Anyway, so I go in, I do the material, I have all my lines committed to memory. I'm ready. I got this the night before. I got the call that afternoon that I got an offer for the role. And it did, happened just like that. How did things change? Because this, <laughs> people love like people like like no. to some people, Mad Men is like a religious like a, every oh, it's, it's, it's like a, a religious crazy. experience. Yeah, it's kind how of sad. Did, it's how, over. How did what were some of the responses? I have never. Oh, I mean, this was this was really crazy. I got another show because somebody watched me on Mad Men as a Playboy Bunny, and uh, Brian Grazer, uh, who was doing an NBC show, um, and that's Chad a big, Hodge, that's a big name. The yes, who did the Playboy Club? Mm-hmm. They produced the Playboy Club, and I was a Playboy Bunny because at first because of because you were Playboy Bunny. Well, because they had seen me in yes. Mad Men, called. I mean, I still had to audition and go right, through. Of course, but it's just amazing because that opportunity in Mad Men, I never imagined. And what's funny is I had to cancel my trip to the Bahamas, y'all. So Mad Men actually conflicted with a trip with, uh, you know, I was going away um, at the time to the Bahamas, and I had to cancel. Bahamas my trip. is not that hot, so it's it's all good. It's, it's all but good. at the time, Bahamas is whack. I'm so, not not not. Well, no, dang. I hate no, the that's Bahamas. not nice. I, I hate the Bahamas. I just wanted to go like, on vacation. Like, if you were going to, like, Turks and Caicos or, like, yes, yes. even But Miami, at the time, but, but, I was but, still but, on a budget. Come right, on right, now. Right. Combat Jack. I was yeah. on a budget. I had to go to the Bahamas. Reggie, you could call me Reggie. Okay, can I call you Reggie? You could call me Reggie. Okay, because nah. I don't want to mess up your vibe on no, no, your it's all, right, it's all right. It's all right. No, but yeah. No, Reggie, I, I was on a budget. And so I was going to the Bahamas at the time. But then I got the part to Mad Men. They told me that I couldn't go to the Bahamas. I know what it was. They said in case of a tropical storm, although my Bahamas trip was going to have me back two days before, they would They were like, you got to make a choice. And I canceled that trip and life Smart changed. choice. Smart choice. Got to gotta work. Smart choice. So how do you go from Mad Men mm-hmm. on AMC yeah. to like on, pa- on paper mm-hmm. before the success? You know, they say hindsight is twenty twenty. On paper, when you hear power, drugs, and rap, and 50 Cent on stars, uh-huh. exclamation point. Yeah. Like, how do you go from that to that? Because to me, on paper, that's like, damn, you coming back to the hood, girl. Well, I did a lot. You know, there's a lot of little things in between. You know, going from Mad Men to Power really took me building my television resume you know Mad Men it's always sunny in Philadelphia mm-hmm. which was a comedy mm-hmm. and then you know doing a television show on NBC like the Playboy Club although it got canceled but what was great is that power really brought me back to my urban roots yes and which when, is important right? which is dope and important to me because that's the kind of stuff that I connect to and I connect to all things but 
I was happy to do a show that felt real. It's in New York. I'm from Jersey. There's black people around you. It's just beautiful black people, too. I mean, come on. So it's some beautiful I, black people in there. It's it's amazing. So um, almost everybody in that show. It's beautiful. It's good looking. It's a good looking. I just cast. realized that. Like, like who, who's the ugliest person on Power? <laughs> Stop Pete. it! I don't know. Who's, I don't who's think the ugliest we... person on on Power? Don't throw me under the, the bus ugliest here. Ugliest person? Then... I don't think there are any ugly people. Oh, the bodyguards. Much. And the Serbians. Oh. The Serbians are fucking ugly. But <laughs> oh, my gosh. Shout out, shout out to Well, they're not meant to be pretty. The Puerto Rican bodyguards. Yes, yes. <laughs> like, my boy actually played Juan. a body. No, no, Dante Nero. <laughs> okay. Dante Who? Nero played uh, a bodyguard for the Puerto Rican dude mm-hmm. when, um, I don't want to get, but Dante, look, look his credits up on IMDb. That's that muscle guy? Muscle guy. He's fucking ugly. What up, Dante? Anyway. <laughs> you guys are very mean. No, no, no. no. We're he, nice. I say it with love. What up, Dante, my nigga? Well, ugly I don't know any ugly people on my show. Okay. You haven't had of, to interact with I just see beauty right. constantly. So how did this, how did, how did power, I know you've a- answered this question. No, there's a way. Yeah. Um, how did power how's, come how's about? How's that effing? The effing is good. Yes. It's effing good. Effing good. Um, does, does 50 have effing all over the place? On, it's on, a lot of effing vodka every time we go out or, you know, when I see him, it's, it's great. I got to interrupt you, though. I know my, 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 my listeners hate it. I noticed season one, it was talking a lot about Ciroc. Oh. Because, yeah. I, like I said, I just binge watched. So mm-hmm, season mm-hmm. one was all about, you know, the truth nightclub has to have Ciroc here and there. Yeah, I remember. Season two is effing all over the place. No <laughs> more puffy juice. Isn't that funny? That's, that's what That's what, you know, yeah, yeah. 50 says. No more puffy no juice. No more puffy juice. Lord Jesus, so, I can't. So how did this come across your, 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 your well, table? So I'm in L.A. I'm an actress. I live in L.A. I actually... Do you live in L.A.? Yeah, North Hollywood. But my show shoots in Brooklyn, so now I kind of have, you know, relocated. Uh, I feel like Brooklyn is, is starting to be home for me. But before power... Brooklyn's a great place. It's amazing. And yeah. I love being in Brooklyn. I'm happy here, so... Good. I think I'm going to stay here. Um, so anyway, so I'm in New York. I mean, I'm in L.A. in my apartment in North Hollywood. I get a call Damn, from you, my agent. You glowed up now. You glowing in L.A., huh? What you mean? I mean, you went from Jersey to living in no, L.A. glowing it's nothing up. fancy. Right. Trust okay. me. Mm-hmm. I was just on that grind because I hadn't worked in like a year before right. power. So I was actually in need for a job. I'm keep it real with y'all. So I was uh, I got a call and there was like there's this really great show the stars is doing 50s executive producing it Courtney Kimbagbo who did the good wife she's an amazing writer mm-hmm. she's a showrunner they want to see you the producers and I had built my resume at t- t- at this point where I could go straight to producers which is a really big thing for an actress because a lot of times you start like with the casting associate to the casting director then you get to the director session the underlings then, yeah it's a hustle. Mm-hmm. Been there, done that. Right. So anyway, so I go in for power. Courtney Kimbagbo's there. Vicky Thomas is the casting director. David Noller is one of our producers. I go to the Stars Building in uh, Beverly Hills and audition. And I remember first reading Power, the very first like couple of lines, and that Ghost and Tasha step out of the Escalade, and they're like this sexy couple, and Tasha's like Mary J meets, you know, just very beautiful mm-hmm. and i loved it i remember beautiful black family yeah beautiful. i liked how empowering it was but at the same time how real it was because mm-hmm. there's there was nothing perfect about it and right. i think that's cool so anyway so i go in an audition again another experience where i thought i had like totally ruined it right my cell phone goes off in the audition bad um i was i cannot believe i did not turn myself did you really want the role 
Oh, I absolutely okay. wanted right. the role. Like this was one of those auditions. I probably made myself so damn nervous because I wanted it so bad. Um, and I do that to myself. Is there extra pressure when you really want a role? Always, and, and always, always. Right. When you really want something, I think you I kind almost, of sometimes push it away. Yeah. Mm. But anyway, not this one. Anxiety. That's deep. Not this one. Yeah. I mean, thank goodness. Yeah. So anyway, you go in. So there. I was nervous, but it was the casting director. She's such a great woman and she's so comforting. She literally took me by the shoulders and was just like, breathe. You got this. You got this. And I took a deep breath, started over again. So the first thing I told you, my cell phone went off. I had my sides in the wrong order, my audition sides, which is basically a piece, you know, the paper with your lines on it all out of order and they fall like they fall all over the place i'm a so mess you fucking up i'm just totally all over the place but you know what i took a deep breath and then i got it together and i killed it then i got a call back and then they told me i was too young so after all of that they were like you know we liked her but we think she's too young we're gonna go search they're doing a major search they went to new york they're doing a search for an, a more mature actress who can be opposite Omari Hartman. Right. I'm like so like please like I, I can do this. I love this role. It took three months. They came back to me and they said we want to test Naturi. We want to do a screen test. And I had to do a chemistry test with Omari and I had known Omari beforehand. How'd you, how'd you know Omari? So I know Omari because we met in Atlanta at um uh, a Basically, he presented the Rising Star Award for me at the PVIFF, which is a, a film festival. And I was an up and coming actress. And Omari, every time I saw him, whether it be in Atlanta or in L.A., he'd always be like, I'm so proud of you. You're killing it. You you know, you people are talking about you in the game. They, they're going crazy right. over you. So we just became friends um, and, 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 and associates that I felt like he really, you know, supported each other. So I called Omari and told him, you know, they want me to test. I'm excited. Because he had already gotten a role. He had already right. had the ghost role. And he was like, you know, just do your thing. Turi. You know, you got this. You know, he really encouraged me, really supported me, um, you know, because I was going through a time where I had been getting a lot of rejection. Right. And it was just so good to finally get a yes. And I mean, it took I'm, I did not work for a year. And I was Which in L.A. Scary. It's scary. scary. Right. Excuse me. It's scary because so many people were telling me, no, you know, the, the ambiguous ethnicity thing was in. They wanted the curly hair and you had to look a certain way. And you started getting haunted again by all those images things. of images is complexion. I mean, I went from the music business to being an actress. Right. Images and insecurities just all over the place. All over the place. Because all of these businesses are judging who you, Based on you know, appearance. not even judging who you are, but judging how you look. Yes. So I told Omar, I'm testing. He was like, you got this. I think you can kill it. You are right. Even though you're younger, he said, I think Tasha needs a little bit of that extra spice. Right. And sometimes an older woman might be a little more settled. So I go in in front of the entire network. Yeah, there's a lot of suits in the room. Chris Albrecht, the head of stars, who's a really cool guy. He actually made me feel comfortable. Courtney Kemp Agbo, who's amazing. Showrunner, a black woman who wrote our show. Nice. And she's so smart and fantastic. And I had their support, and Anthony Hemingway directed it, who directed The Wire uh, and also Red Tails. He was the director of uh, episode one. And I went through multiple tests and finally got the role. But it took a long time. Yo, King, A-King is in the studio. What's up, my dude? What's good, combat? Oh, look at you looking fit and slim in the whole nine. Oh, man, you know, raise the bar. 
But listen, man, you know, let's let the internet know that this portion of the Combat Jack Show is brought to you by NBC Wednesday Night Comedies. Yes. You know Craig Robinson from the Hot Tub Time Machine? Yeah, uh, Craig Robinson's a really funny dude, man. Well, he's got a new comedy called Mr. Robinson coming out Wednesday. That's tomorrow night on NBC. Oh, that's right. That's from the producers of The Office, and, and it looks really good, man. And right after that is the premiere of The Carmichael Show starring Gerard Carmichael. Oh, man, Gerard is a young comic with a serious buzz, and David Allen Greer is playing his dad. David Allen Greer? Yo, that's been the dude since In Living Color. Listen. Do yourself a favor and check out the premiere of Mr. Robinson and the Carmichael Show. Smack dab in the middle of Between America's Got Talent and Last Comic Standing Wednesday, tomorrow night on NBC. This is going to be one hilarious night. Yeah, and now back to the show. He Larry is. When did you realize Power was going to be a hit? Because stars, did, did stars I... have a hit before that? I mean, we no. had, they had, I, what? I, I like their show Boss. I mean, that was what? A, the show boss. Who, when? Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> well, it wasn't you know a hit. Nah, but it, that show was a know? hit was to it? me. Okay. It wasn't a You okay, liked it. I liked it. It was yeah. with Kelsey Grammer. It was so they so, so stars had okay. no had no hits before. Power. Well, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, this is my network now. But of course, yeah. Go stars. Go stars. Team stars. Killing hashtag. it. Team stars. <laughs> hashtag. Um. So anyway, so basically, I knew that power. Well, I don't know. When did I know it was going to be hit? When it was a hit? Because after black black Twitter season one black Twitter black Twitter started buzzing. Was that what really? I just remember last year. I, Sunday nights, Sunday nights, right? Saturday, Saturday nights. At power, night. hashtag power. Wow! Just like my timeline would be all about power. Really? They were loving it. Yep. I didn't loving know that. it. Italian Twitter too. Italian Twitter was fucking with you. Really? Yeah. It, it got so hot, and Is then Italian I missed that. I, like the minute I missed the season, I was like, let me see if I could like bootleg. I couldn't find a bootleg. Why was you trying to bootleg? <laughs> because it? it was after the season, and I was like, all you me, had to do was get stars and watch it on demand. I, I don't. I, you it's not being what? cheap. I don't have stars, but after after this episode, I'm oh, going to have to extend my package. Pause. This pause. interview <laughs> needs to be over. I'm done. I'm taking off no, the no, no, headphones. No, 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 no. I got the DVD. I'm I, done. I watched it on DVD. I watched it the DVD mm-hmm. for season one. But now what? Season I, two is so hot. To you pre- ain't. To you prepare ain't. For, no, I see. I'm caught up. Oh. But to prepare solely for stars, mm. stars and fifty and 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 Chris Albright and uh, all yes, the other yes, fancy yes. people. For this particular episode of the Combat Jack Show, okay. I had someone send me the 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 Bandulu mm-hmm. black market, the the black market. So I, I caught up. I swear to God, when I go home, what I'm gonna watch the yeah. There's a black market. Anyway, let's let's change the subject. I don't like this. They have the episode. You're in, taking money out no, my no, no, pocket. No, 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 we 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 are taking food out my this, mouth. This episode is putting it back in. What? Yes, this episode is putting it back it's putting in. Back in. So listen. I can't. Listen. Okay. <laughs> How does it feel to finally like really play the main chick? I know, right? It's kind of crazy. Because I mean. You're the main chick. Mm-hmm. I am fighting the wife. Off. Your wife fighting fight the, fight the side chick. The wifey. You're fighting the side chick. You know, it's it's amazing to be. She's bad though. The side chick mm-hmm. is bad too. Oh yeah, she's great. She's bad. And, and beautiful and talented. Mm-hmm. You I know, mean, okay. You know who the least attractive main <laughs> you character still on is? This? Holly. No. I'm not fucking... You think Holly's well, hot? Well, some people like her. You I like t- Holly? Any day. 
Any day, any day for this one. <laughs> I don't well, think it I, takes it much. Must, for it you. must be a cultural you're, thing. You're, you're, oh, judging, yeah. me, you're judging me. I'm not judging. It's a cultural thing. Before Notorious no, was like, <laughs> he's a dark chocolate sexy man, and I wasn't saying like, look at you. No, now he asks about me. I'm I think, like, wait, 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 I think Holly is beautiful. Pete, you really beautiful. find her attractive? I do. I do. You do too. What do you mean? Well, I mean, I mean, I think she's an attractive okay. girl. I mean, from a girl's perspective, she she can go. But anyway, so anyway, yes, hey Holly, but. It feels good to be a leading lady. Yes. You know, on a show, on stars. Although at the time, I didn't, you know, we didn't know what Power was going to do because we only had eight episodes. Stars were still feeling their way out with, with our show. And they, did they dump a lot of money into it? They did. But I think this season we really pumped it up. Did you, you, know, see, did you see that, 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 that? Increase in your tax bracket. You, you can see, yeah. Well, you, things, if, things definitely are growing. Yes. Because the show is growing. Show's so it's, growing. it's finally a time because when we started out, it was kind of like, you know, we're babies coming into this, you know, as far as a new show. And it's just amazing because they've been so supportive and the network believes in our show. And that's a good feeling. And now that we actually have produced with numbers, because that's what really matters, you know, having over 3.6 million people, our, our premiere episode over the entire weekend, watched our show. And, you know, it's the highest rated premiere that the network has ever had. So it just feels good to be the leading lady opposite Omari Hardwick and also to be on a hit show. Do, do you follow the stats, though, as an actress? Do you follow the like I, opening act, opening week? And I all? do. You can't avoid right. them because they send them to us. Yes. I mean, we kn we have to be aware because if, if a show gets canceled, like I was on uh, the Playboy Club mm -hmm. on NBC, we had like 5 million viewers, which to network television was low. We got canceled in three episodes. Wow, three episodes. So, yeah. yeah. Ugh, how, many, how many episodes for this season? Ten. Ten. So this so, season's going to be crazy. Too. Um, uh, congratulations on the come up, too. Like you went from being the concerned wife that's getting played yes to like you like when you smacked the shit <laughs> out of ghost i was like yo this, that was awesome <laughs> she's a boss because man. because ghost is the is the is the main power no pun intended yeah behind the whole and you smacked the shit out of him well he's my husband and right. when he deserves it i'm gonna give it to him right like at the end of the day he can get it don't get it twisted can you please say what you said on that episode that very same episode just, i just, said you keep fucking that bitch until I tell you to stop. Mm -hmm. Yes, Tasha. Yes. Yes. That's that's <laughs> what that's, that's the major line. And she also says in the scene, she's like, you brought this fed bitch into our lives and she's a fucking cop. <laughs> I mean, just so many moments where Tasha really bosses up. And she also shows that she's stronger than all that's going down with Angela. How liberating is it that you see this character expanding and having more? Once again, power. Is it? Is it? Is it? Great. Like, how great was it to shoot that scene to say that? It was such a great. When I read that script, I remember calling Courtney. Courtney is our showrunner, um, and she writes uh, our show. She's fantastic. I was like, you just gave me just gems, and you, you know, you gave me so much to to do jewels. in this. Yeah, and jewels to play with in this episode. I feel like Tasha really gets to spread her wings, and also. To really gain some of her power back, I think a lot of people were feeling like, dang, like you she lost just a get, lot of power. Yeah, she's just getting dogged right. and played. 
But now when she kind of tells him, you're going to keep fucking that bitch until I tell you to oh, stop. Oh, that's so boss right it's there. It's like I'm in control now. I know what's happening with her, but now we're going to use her to our advantage. So I felt like the, the writer's room that we have, I mean, we have so many great writers at Power. They all kind of just went real Tasha hard, give her some boss moves, and I was very happy. I know we can't discuss upcoming episodes, but does that continue? Like, oh, does this ascension absolutely. of Tasha continue? Mm. The like, ascension like, of Tasha. Keep I like fucking this. Like when you opened up the door, when Fifty was at the door, and you had that the, yapa, you had the, the yapa, yapa, you had the yapa in the waistband. <laughs> the Everybody loves that scene too. Because you know, let me ask you something. How is it working with Fifty? 50 is great. Honestly, I mean, even shooting that episode, I remember <laughs> we were shooting that episode. He's all like, you know, just talking, joking, really like kind of like the life of the party on right. set. Really? Because when he comes on set, he has great energy. He always has energy. He always comes, you know, really focused, really ready. He's very proud of power, too. I, I can I mean, appreciate that. It's a, it's a that. big accomplishment. Yeah, but even before it was, uh, even when we were doing season one, he was proud of power. I mean, because this is partially a part of his life. You know, that he's joined with, you know, fictional stories. But working with him is great because he's he's very down to earth. He makes it feel like we're just shooting, you know, with fam. It's like family. And has he kind of like been like a like a loose mentor to you also in terms of... I mean, very much a big brother. I, I, I wish we had more time because, you know, 50 is also working on G-Unit yes. and music. And he's been out in and out, That's you know, all over. That's that we're wearing right now. He's such Instagram, a businessman. F and vodka and... and we, I know, you see, he's a you, busy man. And you can't say it, but playing broke... Well, playing he's playing oh playing. he's playing broke you know Which, he's playing I, a great role I can't. That, that's his biggest role but <laughs> but anyway so. you keep fucking her i can't with you, you keep guys fucking her. you know what i love about that part combat oh, it, think about how many people took that quote and role played it in their homes now oh i mean there's I people right now in staten island is a fucking girl telling uh, you know keep oh, fucking until i tell you till i tell you to stop because i love role play when i used to watch pornos just for the role play hey, really just for the just for the beginning parts like you know best wow. friend's mom you know next door neighbor and i would like the, all the quotables so you're, you're like it. a na- neighborhood kind of like wow pervert like you want to fuck the, the this is so problem. deep <laughs> no, nah, you know, I mean, but know. I'm sure a lot of people, people are texting me. Some of my girlfriends are like I told I'm gonna tell somebody they just want to say it even if it doesn't apply. Are you guys still <laughs> shooting the season? No, no, no. The shoot this, season. So with stars, you have to shoot all the episodes right. and deliver wow. them before they even air. Is there is there a season three? Like in, we got picked up for a season three after one episode. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. It's how, awesome. How's, how's, how's it working with Lala? Oh my gosh, I love working with Lala. So Lala, Anthony plays my best friend on the show, Lakeisha, and she's become a great friend of mine in real life. In real life. So it's kind of amazing Nick's because tickets. Oh yeah, she's she's always looking out. She's she's so great. Let's go next. But I mean we Four spent seats. we spend so much time off the set and you know, just girl talk and it's it's helped our relationship, you know, as characters on set. But working with her at that woman is so focused and she comes so prepared and she has no ego no like she she's just really great and and a pleasure i i genuinely love working with her but i'm really you know just happy to have her as a friend outside of the show beautiful how lucky oh is, she's so beautiful. how lucky is sean the the character that plays uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 50, oh, 50's, uh son because he's getting all the tetas well you know tetas, lately he's, he's been did very you, lucky did you guys see the episodes like he's Lala. very lucky yeah you know he He's kind of just like he doesn't know where it's all coming from. I would bet money. <laughs> yeah. And you can I would bet money. He got boners. 
No, he's very. I've done scenes with him, and he's so. He had, he had on a tight jock strap then, because. Well, I don't the, know. Between I the can't say. Scene you had a cup on. And, 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 and your scene, scene, what? I don't know what happens with you guys. <laughs> I just know. No, the, 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 when we, they we, call cut, that, I get be, off. We're focused. We're not that focused. Yeah, we I don't know. Focused, we're not that focused. Yeah, I wonder if it's. It must be a lot harder for you guys. Yeah, no pun intended. <laughs> oh gosh, I didn't even mean to <laughs> say listen, that. Listen, once Wawa pulled out them tetas, <laughs> they said, "Listen, you don't." They remember? were all over the place. They, yeah, then they made Notori come in and say, "Listen." Oh my gosh. Was we got to step it up. Bring let those me, puppies let me, out. Let me ask you. We got to we gotta go hard. I don't want to go creep mode like that, but was it competition? Like her sex scene, let me do my sex scene? No. Ugh. I don't compete to do sex scenes. If anything, I'm like scared and nervous to do them. But when she had her her moment, I was like, girl, you look good. I, I mean, we talked about it during the show, like during the shooting. Right. And, you know, we're we're all women. We're all vulnerable, nervous about how we looking on camera. I told her, you know, she did a beautiful job. And honestly, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's the character. It's sexy, but it's also about the power behind the mm-hmm. sex. Mm-hmm. There's so much in our show that shows how sex is used as a form of power. Just like the, what's the guy, the what's the white guy's name? Uh, uh, which one? The, the, Tom, the, Tommy? No, no, no. Joseph no, no. Oh, uh, Stern? Stern. How, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Simon Stern. Simon Stern. So, uh, yes. How he tried to He's use great. sex. He's great, a yeah. uh, great actor. But there's so much sex in our show that is specific. It's specific and it's purposeful to show how all the characters are manipulating. Like my character is manipulating Sean yes. for quite a while for inf- you know to get information that's, that's, to understand. That, that's it's a, all that's a manipulation. But but what I do like, and and this is the last thing I'm about to say about the plot is that I like the way the show has suddenly shifted, kind of like into this like. Um, House of Cards type of, oh yeah, you know, uh, Claire and um, Frank uh, Underwood. Frank Underwood type of. Isn't you guys cool? are morphing into that. I mean, we definitely there. I can see, you know, some of those similarities with the fact of the couple being able to, you know, kind of put our egos aside and just go after what we need to go after and not get arrested. You mm-hmm. know, at the end of the day, I don't care. The you know, she's a Fed, and we're gonna get what we need done to protect our family, and that's what Tasha says. And I think that's something that you would see on like a house of cards. But, you know, what power is doing is also making it hip and cool. The music we put in our show, I think, you know, other shows may have similarities. But what we're doing is separating the fact that we speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a bilingual aspect. A lot. The characters go right into New Yorkian Spanish. I mean, it's so New York and it's so real. People talk Spanish and then go back to English. And then we have, you know, characters you know, getting killed and, you know, Tommy's like canceling Christmas and lighting people on fire. <laughs> hey, this is a gangster's that, that, life. That was, that was hot. This is no, a gangster's no life. You know, my, my wife, who's not a big fan of like TV, mm-hmm. but she's watching the season with me. Oh, is and, she? And she says that, that, that the show okay. is perfectly casted, even oh, down wow. to um, Angela, because. Oh, she's fantastic. Because we, we know people, particularly Latinos. Mm-hmm. Were educated that kind of remind us yes, specifically of, e- of those people. The way Angela delivers. like Ruiz, Ruiz, you know, who is part of the Soldados, yes. and he's Spanish, and he's so official and a great actor, Luis Antonio Ramos, and you know, Angela, played by Lila, Lila Loren. She, I mean, it's so official, and we have dialect coaches on our set, you know, as well to make sure that the 
not just Spanish, but it has to be specific to New York because everyone doesn't understand. It's not New like Eureka, it's it not like be. in LA. LA yeah. You know, exactly. you can't it's be, totally you different can't be Chicano, out here, bro. This <laughs> is real <laughs> New Yo, York. How is the craft services up in there? Oh my gosh, our food is amazing. If you come to the Pirate Set, we have lobster on Fridays. It's the best. Come what? visit us. We got fried can ravioli. We come, can we, can we, we come have, visit you guys? No, you could absolutely Seriously. come. Like like season three, we'll be shooting in Brooklyn. We shoot over. I live in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's mm-hmm. what's up. Power is. Uh, you I know. wouldn't mind getting shot in the shoulder either. Yeah. Oh. Wow, you're <laughs> already <laughs> casting. You want to? You want to get yourself a role to get shot? I don't. I mean, whatever. Like if it takes. Whatever that, it takes. I'll be just, Tommy's just to brother. Get, that's just that's just the get, commitment just, right just there. I credits, like your commitment. Like yo, they, they shot me. Tommy shot me in the shoulder. Listen, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not about that burn shit. But <laughs> yeah, no burning. We'll, we'll shoot you in the shoulder. We'll make that listen, um, that's funny. <laughs> you have bigger aspirations. Congratulations on this. Oh, thank I, you. I've read about your aspirations you. to direct. Yes, I do. That is one of the things that, you know, as I'm growing as an actress, I've, you know, even working with Regina King on mm-hmm. a movie that I have coming out called Let the Church Say yes. Amen. It's a BET film coming out actually August 30th on BET. Tune in. So Regina is now directing and she's an actress who's had a long career and she's become a big sister to me. And I really admire how she's transitioned directing you know being mary jane scandal and you know even hopefully directing power i would love for to have regina king direct our show next season but i really want to direct because i have a natural ability to tell people what to do Mm -hmm. i'm naturally and that's gonna happen it's something gonna happen i mean and and that's just me being you know funny but i i genuinely enjoy like seeing how to take a scene and putting it together and how the how to tell the story and I watch, you know, a good friend of mine, George Tillman Jr., who directed Notorious, who, I'm, who actually directed two episodes of Power last uh, on the first season. I just try to learn as much as I can. But I'm really, really going to, as I go forward, start expanding, whether it be, you know, also producing films of my own and directing. Because, you know, we have to grow as as people in this industry. You really can't. I sing. I dance. I've been on Broadway. I write. I've done it all. You know, I'm writing a blog right now for Essence.com. Nice. I'm writing a Power Girl blog. Just about every month, I write an entry. One of the articles last month was about, you know, empowering, just how to feel like a powerful woman. This month is about, you know, our neighborhoods and taking better care of our neighborhoods and stop, you know, stop disrespecting our hoods. You know, if we lift up our communities, we lift up our families. And so I think for me, I just want to do so many things. It kind of drives me crazy, actually. I want to be back on Broadway. I want to do The Wiz. I mean, you I want to play Dorothy, right? You got, I that's, do. That's your that's your bu- uh, that's the main thing on your bucket list, right? This is the main thing on my bucket list. I want to play Dorothy in The Wiz because it's actually a dream role. Since I was a kid, I actually played Dorothy when I was like in like second grade. Now Dorothy, The Wizard of Oz, or no, no, Dorothy, no. The, Dorothy Wiz? the Wiz? Right. Well, there is no please. I, definitely the Wiz. Okay, and that's what is I heard. You know, I know that they're doing, but this is like the the thing for me, the role that I can sing, act, dance, do all. You know, Diana Ross played it in the film. Mm-hmm. Stephanie Mills was the original Dorothy on I Broadway. I saw her on Broadway. Did you? I saw the original <gasps> Wiz. I on have Broadway. her voice just always in my head because I grew up listening to her version. Definitely of one of our most underrated. Oh, as she's much, so as much, talented. Like, when I was a kid and my mom took me to see The Wiz on Broadway. Isn't that crazy? Top 10. My two favorite of all time. Wow, I wish I could. The Wiz, The Wiz on one hand mm-hmm. and Annie on the other. Really? The original uh, Andrea McCarnold. Oh. Classics. Okay. Yeah. yeah, all classics. Yep. But see that The Wiz sticks with you. So that's kind of 
one of the things I would love to do, you know, getting back on stage, doing some directing one day and, you know, continue to to, to just grow as an as an actress, but also just as, as a as an entertainer and an artist as a whole, because I think we can't limit ourselves to just one dimension of entertainment. If I had stopped at 3OW, I would have, you know, my career would be done. Right. If I had said, dang, I can't do the record, I can't be in the music industry anymore. My career is over. You'd be a lawyer right now. Oh, gosh. I'd probably be stressed looking through. You'd probably be smoking cigarettes, drinking coffee, talking about your contract. Virginia Slims. Sucks. Oh, no. You are so lucky. Well, thank you. You dodged that bullet. (laughs) Let me ask you, last thing. Yes. Two, Two more questions. Yeah, sure. What's that movie that got away from you? What's that role that you really, really wanted? Mm. That that the, the move vehicle that really blew up. Hmm. Well, what's interesting is that what I thought I really, really wanted did not really blow up. Right. But which was that, what? Which was Sparkle. Oh. I like I said earlier, Irene Cara in Sparkle was one of the movies I watched it over and over, preparing myself as a ten-year-old girl. That's a class. Internet's. I know a lot of you guys are, are, are too young, but listen. Look, is it on Netflix? I mean, I don't, th- I don't think. But look everywhere. up, look up. It was Sparkle, a studio film, amazing seventies movie. Irene. Oh, the original Sparkle the ri- is on Netflix. Yes. Oh, yeah, are you talking about the, the remake? Yes. Oh, you wanted to be in. You wanted to. I be wanted, You asked me what movie that, got right, away from me. I, I completely. Because I was too young. I completely to forgot about the remake. Yeah. Was Beyonce in it? No, Jordan Sparks. Jordan mm-hmm. Sparks. And right. uh, Whitney Houston was in right. it. Uh, you know, different people. But anyway. I really wanted to do Sparkle. Right. That was like my dream. That was, you know, in all honesty, and I never talk about it, but that was the role that I guess got away. got away. And what role are you glad you didn't get? Like, whew. <laughs> Looking back, I'm like, I didn't, I'm glad I didn't fuck with that. RuPaul's buy up. <laughs> Stop it. Okay, sir. Mm, uh, I mean, the role. You know, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. You know the role. I mean, there was some see a role that I'm glad that I did not get. Yes. Ooh. I mean, I think I it was see, see, let me think of something. I mean, okay. Oh, I was up for Big Mama's House Three. <laughs> and I actually screen tested for that. Right. Uh and I wanted that movie was Martin in so that? bad. Yeah. He, he was in that. He was in it. See, I didn't see it, but Yeah, no. So he was in because he plays Big Mama. Yeah. And I wanted to work. I, I love Martin Lawrence, and I wanted to work with him. I really respect, you know, his whole career, Amazing. not just those movies. Amazing. But I was so close. I mean, I went to the studio. It was a big studio film. This was Fox. I had worked with Fox Searchlight. I go to the studio. They they have the cameras. I have a real screen test, you know, with the in, a crew and everything, with me and the the guy, you know, who's acting opposite me. And the director's like loving me. He's like, "Oh my gosh, you're it." Of course, that you're it. We love you. <laughs> Translates into you were so close. You, yeah. They told me that, you know, they wanted a different look. And they went with the girl who uh, looked mixed. Right. And again, uh, I was told that I didn't have the crossover appeal. And Fuck that, that crossover ethnically shit. ambiguous was the word. That listen, was used. listen, Team Chocolate, you're doing Thank an you. amazing job. Mm-hmm. Thank and, you. and I really mean it from the heart. Like, Thank like, you. like working with you from. Yeah. Day one, I am Ooh. so, like, like I'm, like, getting tearful. I'm so oh, proud of you. Thank you. Like, I'm really so proud of you. Thank I'm really you. so happy for you. And, that and means continue. so much like, because really it has been, it has been some moments when I almost wanted to give up. You know, in all honesty, in all honesty, I thought 
It's the F and I'm saying words wrong and all yep, honestly, yep. it's the F I'm and vodka. Emo- I'm getting emotional. I mean, <laughs> things <laughs> are happening over here. Yes. It's the F and but in all honesty, I felt like there were times where I wasn't gonna be embraced by this industry. There were times where I wanted to give up. Even as an actress, I moved to California by myself. You know, I don't have any family in LA. You know, I didn't have any friends when I moved there. I live in North Hollywood. I paid my own bills, provided for myself. No one took care of me. You know, my parents always supported me, but I did all of this really in taking a big risk. So there were times when it got hard and there's times where it still gets hard. I tell you right now, people do not just think it's all glamour, glitz and beauty. There are moments when I just, I just want to lay down somewhere and just rest under (laughs) under a big comforter. Mm -hmm. I mean, (laughs) you got to get up. I mean, but you got to get up and that's, that's the beauty of, you know, even seeing you reminds me of how far I come and having your support lets me know that there are people out there who know my journey and who care about seeing me win. So many people come up to me and say, like, girl, I remember, you know, back in the day, I'm just happy to see you doing your thing. You win it. And I, I'm amazed that people really are invested in my journey. And that means that I'm on the right path. Yes, you are. And I'm blessed. I, I, I know that I couldn't be here if it wasn't for God's grace. I could have been somewhere high or struggling i could have turned into a Lindsay lohan because mm-hmm. i was in the mm-hmm. group and what if they <laughs> kicked me out i'd be i mean no offense to Lindsay, but i'm just saying no shots you know no no shade i'm just saying that my life could have went down a road where i was so devastated by the breakup that i could have maybe given up on life as a whole I, I went to college i wanted to be an educated woman regardless of if i was an entertainer or not I wanted to do something in the world and that matters to me and I still want to do something. That's why I'm writing, you know, for essence, that's why I want to do a book one day. I want to do my music. I'm working on my solo album right now. I was just in the studio last night. Independ- I, independent? Or I, are you looking for I'm, I'm situation, a situation. Okay, uh, situation. You know, it's funny. I just ran into somebody who worked at Epic and we're going to work together who nice. actually ain't my project back in the day. Nice. All of this I mean, it's crazy. It's It's an amazing life because I'm only 31 years old Mm -hmm. and everything is coming back to me. And everything that someone intended to hurt me is all everything for for bad or for evil is turning into something good. Yo, this has been great. Do me one more favor. Sure. Before we end this episode. Can you say that line again? Oh, my gosh. Keep fucking up. Keep fucking until I tell you to stop. Internet. (laughs) <laughs> listen thank you so much that was beautiful i feel Excellent. terrible i'm just yelling over here there you go pete listen this is what i want to say to you and i want to say to everybody that's listening yes. first of all i love your feet oh my gosh he's breast. been looking at my toes i love this your whole personality time. i love your style room, no 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 he's talking no no, 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 no he ass Stop I don't it, know. guys. Well, I see he's wearing a tank top. I see you know, he's trying to floss on me. But, <laughs> but you like my toes no real talk what i want to say is i love your personality i love your style thank you but i want people who listen especially women mm-hmm. to understand that and i want you to always remember that kfc parking lot and how it felt being left there to where you are today mm. and i think that's a sign of success and that's a sign of to show a woman that like yo real this is real life like that moment you know you could have made a left turn and just said fuck her forever you guys are about to make me cry no no i'm being real talk with you like that's something for women and men to understand real life has those bumps and you made and you made it here today thank you yeah internets you know what it is dream those dreams and then man up woman up and live those dreams thank you because a life without dreams is black and white amen and the universe flows in technicolor and surround sound blah you guys are awesome
Internets. This portion of the Combat Jack Show is brought to you by Heineken Subway Symphony. 20 years ago, James Murphy came up with an idea to change the harsh turnstile beeps of the New York City subway system into music. He calls it Subway Symphony. The goal is to generate support to make Subway Symphony a reality. The turnstiles have to make a sound, so why not make it a nice, soothing sound that's good for your chakras instead of living out there like savages? If you want to help make Subway Symphony a reality, it's really easy. Go on your social media and just put up the hashtag, hashtag Subway Symphony to share your support. And watch the documentary of the journey to make Subway Symphony a reality. Learn more about the project at SubwaySymphony.com. And now back to the show. Yeah, y'all, it's your boy A-King. And this week on the Weekly Drop, we're featuring a production collective known as the Aqua League. And they're getting ready to drop a six-track instrumental EP on Friday, August 6th called The Mosaic. This track right here is called Sugar. And you can go get The Mosaic at Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, all your digital retailers, your outlets. This EP is crazy. Go get that. Hashtag The Weekly Drop. Hashtag The Combat Jack Show. The Aqua League. Iron Horse Music. Cheer.
This episode of the Combat Jack Show was produced by Jonathan Mena, executive produced by A. King and Chris Morrow, engineered by Samir Karan, and recorded in the Engine Room Audio Studio in downtown Manhattan. This is an official Loudspeakers Network's production. Oi. Oh, you. You over there. You listen to the Combat Jack Show. Oh, oh, George Season right now. George Season? That's, that's what they say now. The kids say that, right? George, George, hashtag, hashtag George. Is that it? Hashtag George. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, you're listening to the Combat Jack Show. And this is George Season. That's what they told me to say. I don't know. Is that, is that it? That's correct? Okay, okay. Yes, yes. <laughs>